Hello and welcome to episode 76 of the Random Title Podcast. I'm Jason. And I'm Jose. And this slightly delayed episode is Comic-Con Conquered, as we'll be sharing all our impressions from the big San Diego Comic-Con that we just got back from a few days ago, and that has managed to get me sick. So if I cough or sound weird, sorry. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was a big show this year. It was... There's a lot going on. I don't know. I'm still, like, processing, processing like everything that happened... Yeah, the thing about Comic-Con is, for those who have never been, it's just, like, non-stop. Day after day, you're up, like, 18, 19 hours a day. You're just going, like, to place, to place, place. You know, you're like, oh, I'm going to go meet Seth Green. Okay, and then you walk past, like, the Walking Dead pa- entire cast. And then, like, the Sleepy Hollow cast. And the Sin City cast. And the next thing you know, you're, like, meeting, like, you uh, like you and your brother did. Meeting the guy that creates Super Jail on Adult Swim. And, like, exchanging Twitter handles. And the next thing you know... And Mike, Mike Judge, like, a few minutes before. Yeah, of, of King of the Hill and uh, Silicon Valley fame. And then, like, the next, you know, next thing you know, you're at like this giant MTV concert where they bring in Linkin Park and all these celebrities and they basically film an award show at Comic Con and then two minutes later you're like walking the Hall H line which is the big hall and there's like 6,000 people in line it's over a mile long it's just like endless endless yeah, I somehow managed to do with, like way more things this year than last year even with fewer badges yeah this year badges were harder to come by for us because they changed how they do a raffle so it was a little tricky but we did manage to do a lot and a lot of what we did of that lot is uh video game related of course Nintendo yeah basically related. yeah like my whole friday and saturday pretty much revolved around nintendo yeah you were way. in we tweeted about it but you were in the smash bros tournament so before we get to that cause that's God, probably I a good to play so much smash that's, brothers and that's where we're gonna start because it's this episode you right yeah you play both that's true but yeah this episode con con conquered is pretty much all about our comic-con impressions so we were there and we had the like i said and we had the chance to play everything from super smash brothers uh, for Wii U and 3DS to Hyrule Warriors, Yoshi's Woolly World, Captain Toad, Sonic Boom. Uh, am I forgetting anything? Um, there was a lot of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> we, we played a lot. We're gonna dip, we watched dip. Just Dance. Oh, yeah. We watched a man, a fully grown man, dressed as a baby, sort of, playing Just Dance. That was... Surprised people actually carried each other for the Tetris song. Yeah, yeah, Just Dance now is a Tetris song now that Ubisoft has a license. But anyway, point being, we're gonna have all those impressions. We're doing things differently this episode. They're gonna be scattered throughout the episode. Because a lot of the news from these last couple weeks from Comic-Con and beyond happened to be about these games. So instead of just doing news and impressions, we're going to kick off with our impressions, integrate news throughout. Then at the end, we'll go beyond the walls of Comic-Con and talk about some other news that happened outside of the convention. So this could be a pretty big episode. Comic-Con's always one of our bigger episodes of the year. So not necessarily in terms of lunch, just in terms of the gravitas of the episode. So we might as well kick off. Like you said, Jose, you got to play Smash Bros. basically for like 12 hours straight. So, uh, what'd you think? How, first of all, tell, tell us a little bit about how the tournament went, or tell me, tell us, tell me, me and the listeners a little bit about how the tournament went, because you were in it, like, all day on Friday, and you were on Nintendo's Twitch stream. Yeah, pretty much, um, my brother and I entered the Smash Bros. tournament, the one that was, I guess, the, the highlight of Nintendo's streaming for the whole weekend. Yeah, on and, Twitch, um, yeah. I don't know, I mean, obviously, just because, like, no one has had this game. No one has this game. No one has played this game for more than a day. So everyone was pretty much on like equal footing. Except, um... You had, guess, a, slight ed- you had a slight edge because he played it at uh, Best Buy. Well, I mean, I also tried to play earlier. it the day before. And right. The, like, the day before, I just did the Smash Run over and over again. I was um grabbing shirts for a bunch of friends that um couldn't make it at Comic-Con. So I just ended up getting, like, seven shirts on my own. So that's, like, seven rounds of, um... Smash Bros. on 3DS, seven rounds of um, um, Smash Run. Right. Oh, so. speaking of shirts, I forgot to say this at the top. Sorry to interrupt. 
We have one to give away to you, listeners. Stay tuned to the very end of the episode. We're giving away a Comic-Con exclusive. Only you can get by winning Smash Bros. Or getting assisted with the win of Smash Bros. Uh, T-shirt that it says Comic-Con right on the sleeve. It has the logo. It's, a, it's actually a pretty cool shirt. We have one to give away. So stay tuned to the very end of the episode. And we'll explain how that works. Continue. Apologies. Oh. And I guess, I mean, like, once the tournament started, we played our matches. We, My brother and I played our first match. We, we won them. It was... I mean, I don't want to say, like... I destroyed. Dom- I, I destroyed, but I mean, I basically destroyed. Like, yeah, <laughs> like the first two <coughs> matches, like my brother and I just destroyed. We didn't lose any. We basically didn't really lose many lives or anything. But then, unfortunately, on our next match, my brother and I had to be in the same. We were in the same match, so it was us two and two other people, and I pulled through on that one, and my brother was bumped down to the lower bracket, and I stayed on the higher bracket. Yeah. Then on the next match, I played against a sheik. Which I force stalked, and then I played another Sheik, which barely beat me, and it came down to the sudden death, and that was kind of that was kind of. And that's where it ended. We did tweet when you got to the part that was streamed. We did tweet it out, and we got some some nice feedback from listeners. So thank you for that, guys. That was if really you, cool to see people being like, "Go Wero, go Zen." If you happen to want to see said match where I force stalked the Sheik, if you go to the stream. Like, it's day one stream that's like a... Oh, seven, on Nintendo's it's like, YouTube? Yeah, it's like a seven-hour video or something We can link to it. You know what? We'll put links. Um, as we do every episode, for those who may be new to the podcast, we have on RamTown.com timestamps for everything we're talking about, every topic, and we will put a link to this moment in the YouTube video so you can actually watch this match. Yeah, like, we'll have three times. Like, the first one is the... I guess it's the match with my brother and I. Then I have the second one where I'm fighting the Sheik that I beat. Then, then the one where I fight the Sheik that I lost to. So yeah, we'll, we'll just do, like, Jose Smash Bros. competition and link to those three separate matches um, from YouTube. It's uh, it's it's pretty cool. You're, like, on Nintendo's YouTube channel yeah, I made, made top four. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that. So how does it oh, play? No, yeah, or, so I guess just to sum up 3DS, how it felt. I mean, without getting too much, like, into every single into character. The weeds, yeah. Yeah, like, it felt surprisingly comfortable. Like... I think it. I think part of it is because um I've been playing Brawl a lot. My brother and I've been playing Brawl a lot with um controller pros, and the button layout is the same except right. for the shoulder buttons on the 3DS. So it didn't take any time like to get used to like oh where where B is located to where A is where is the jump button. It was only the shoulder buttons that you kind of have to get used to, but it only took like one or two matches before the 3DS just felt. It just felt right. Like you, I didn't feel like I was like limited or I couldn't pull off things that I couldn't do just because i didn't have an actual controller so it felt really good even um with the with the circle pad like it took a little it just felt a little odd doing smash attacks at first but it's another thing that you just get used to after a little bit and it just feels natural like i never had a problem dashing or Mm -hmm. doing any smash attacks or anything even um doing up tilts without jumping like that was fine like there were no there were just no problems right i will say because i excuse me i played a few, uh, actually more than a few rounds of Smash Run as well, and on the 3DS, and then Battled as well. And when we played it last month, at E3, both, I remember one of the things I was like is, it takes, you have to go like, oh, I double click to, I double click the stick to run, because there's no pressure sensitivity on the circle pad. It's not like a GameCube controller. I never double clicked huh? though, I just... Oh, you I, just smash, yeah, basically. Just smash. Oh, well, I guess you can smash, but, may, oh, that's maybe why I didn't notice, because after a while, I just started feeling, yeah, it yeah, does feel natural. Yeah, because if anything, if you double click, you're going to, like, start a dash, but then right. you're going to stop yourself, and you're probably going to end up walking. Yeah, you know, that might have been it. Yeah, because I was just thinking, like, I was thinking back to me playing, like, I don't remember the controls. Because you do that in Kirby, or anything with the D-pad, you usually do have to double yeah. tap. 
And you can do that. I remember when I first tried Smash Run at E3 last month as Mega Man, I double tapped to run, and that got me running. But yeah, I didn't do it this time that I think about it. That's true. It is comfortable. It does seem kind of like the first time you pick it up, because we've played it a month apart now, two separate times. First time you pick it up, it definitely feels a little weird at very first, but at least to me, but then it felt pretty natural by like the time I completed Smash Run. So yeah, within I mean, five minutes. I mean, if you watch those fights or just any fights in general, like the people are pretty mobile. Like it doesn't really seem like they're having a lot of trouble moving around, except like... I mean, there are always those people, um, there were some fights where I was in where, like, when I was getting the shirts where I would knock people off the stage, they couldn't figure out how to up B, or, like, they just wouldn't come back at all, like, just, yeah. like, stuff like that, or they'll, like, use attacks, like, they'll jump up in the end and they'll up B at nothing, so then they're just free falling down and they can't do anything but die. Yeah. Now, one thing I noticed, and I want to bring this up because he was my go-to character, Marth is not as good anymore, and I'm not, it's not just me saying that, I was chatting with an Nintendo rep and he basically said, yep, they nerfed Mar Marth. I used Marth in Smash Run, he was fine, whatever, but then when I got to fighting, I was like, oh, this doesn't feel quite as, like, powerful, I guess. I don't know, it just felt off. Toon Link seems the same, if not better, but Marth has definitely been nerfed in some way. I don't know, maybe by nerfed, maybe, like, now you have to be that much more precise with your, with your distance. Like, probably before... I think it might be part of it. Like, probably before, Marth always had, like, a good amount of knockback and you were part, and any part of the sword, and maybe more on the tip, but maybe now... They increased yeah. the one on the tip, but everywhere else is just, like, probably nothing. Yeah, two things I found today about Smash on 3S is, one, they were playing it in 2D on everything. All the demo kiosks were set to 2D. Oh, I, I turned it on it. 3D, and I was like, okay, this looks cool, but it's not, like, mind-blowing 3D. So that, that was one thing I noticed. And the other was that you kind of forget, or there's definitely, like, you have to get used to the idea of having to look on a separate screen for all the health. Like, I was just finding a way. I'm like, wait a minute, what health am I? And I had to, like, actually look down opposed to just, like, being there. Yeah, honestly, I think I'd prefer it to be there. I mean, yeah, they probably put it there for other reasons, but, I mean, it's... They put it there because they have nothing else for the bottom screen. Yeah, but, I mean, that's, like, such a big thing, like, yeah. especially when you're playing free-for-alls. Um, I mean, the only reason I was able to win so many matches, like, outside of the... Yeah, like, the whole weekend, I've probably played, like, 20 or so, like, over 20 or 30, like, um, free-for-all matches between the 3DS and Wii U one, and I never lost a single free-for-all match. And that's just because, like, the whole time, like, you just, you have to play differently. You have to pay attention to the percentage, go after yep. the people with the high percentage. And on the 3DS, like, you have to, like, look down for a little and you have to do it quickly just so yeah. you don't, like, recheck your character. Yeah, one cool thing to do with Smash, this is just generally speaking, not specifically, like, in-game. But they had this thing called Bring Me Smash, where we never used it, but they actually had people like Bill Trennan of their tree, of the Treehouse and Kit and Krista of the Nintendo Minute videos. They had them just walk around with, like, 3DS utility belts, and you could tweet tweet Nintendo and they'd actually bring you Smash in line when you're waiting in line for hours or whatever. So I thought it was kind of cool that Nintendo, like, clearly, clearly Smash Bros. was the big talking point of this, of, or, that of Nintendo's booth this year. Like, this was the, like, this is the go-to game. This is the one they hyped like crazy. On the show floor, it was the only thing they had. You can only play the other games if you go to their uh, gaming lounge in the next door hotel at the Marriott. But I just thought it was kind of cool that they were, like, not only just promoting the game there, but they're, like, bringing it to people so they could get exposure in lines with people who, are, you know, are there for Batman versus Superman don't care about Smash and then see it and go, oh, hey, Smash. But it was the talk of... I wouldn't say it was the talk of the show, but it was talked about a lot. I heard so... I overheard so many conversations about, like, people, like... Like we were saying with, like, Marth or, like, the percentages being moved or that sort of thing. Like, I heard those conversations on escalators, in line. Like, it was... It was quite the talking point of the show. It was. Yeah. But, uh, so how's Wii U? Because I didn't get a chance to play uh, Smash Bros. Wii U at... Comic-Con. I played it briefly at Best Buy during E3. Oh, yeah. Outside but of, how was um, Wii U? Because you played a bunch of rounds on there, too. Oh, man. I played a ton. Just because there, um, there was a lot of line if you wanted to, like, get the shirt and then play on a Wii U kiosk mm -hmm. for a shirt. But there were, they had, like, 
over 10 units where you could just do like just rounds. Free play. Like, yeah. yeah. Just free play. Like there was no prize if you won. And those lines were usually like less than like eight minutes. Sure. Between And you get two rounds at a time. So we played a ton. And that one, I don't know. I've definitely, I don't know. It feels speedways. I don't know. I mean, this is just me, but like it felt just as fast as Melee. Uh-huh. It was just different, like different moves, different character, different like things. That did characters it feel can do. like? Did it feel? Was it more brawl or melee in terms of like how characters? Well, definitely, so. definitely brawl. Yeah, I mean, okay. it was definitely brawl. Because it was fa- so it's like brawl feel melee speed. Yeah, but is, no, I never said anyone. You said you, you might have accidentally just said melee a minute ago. He said it felt like the same as me- the same speed as melee. Like no, I'm we not can rewind even, the tape. I, I, I did not even we bring can rewind melee the tape. All I said <laughs> that after a while, like, or I'm crazy. I, I said the speed just felt like any other. Oh, like, okay, yeah. Like, I don't know, like, to me, like, it's all relative. Like, after I play, like, Melee for a while, it won't feel fast. It'll just feel... Sure, make, sure. It doesn't make any sense. But so anyway. it is kind of Brawl-esque. Yeah, it's just more Brawl than anything. I mean, if it felt faster, that's just maybe because of the characters and stuff. Like, Brawl, like Bowser probably runs faster. I mean, I probably played more as Bowser than any other character. Right, well, he's your main and, main guy. Yeah, and I'm really sad that they nerfed his OB. That, was, that used to be, like, his best thing. Right, but you still did pretty well with him in the tournament. Well, yeah, I mean, all, fourth all, place out of 128 people. I mean, all his attacks got pretty much like powered up a little. Right, right. And then I don't know. There were just some like, other fun characters like freaking um villager. I, oh, villager's great. I, 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 I thought it was gonna be um someone I could just like like rush at people with, but you kind of can't. He's he's really rare. I don't know, you have to be you. You can't just run in with him. Like I something I like I have a habit of usually running up to people, dodging and using a smash attack. Uh-huh. But villager smash attack, like, you can't just throw it out, like, crazy, or you just throw it out randomly, because he just drops a bowling ball, and it has, like, no range at all. Right, he literally just plops and, it down, yeah. And his down smash, like, it just digs hold, or he plucks. He's, like, I mean, if any of you played Marvel vs. Capcom, he's, like, the Phoenix Wright of Smash Brothers, where, like, none of his attacks look like actual attacks. He's just doing everyday things. Sure, yeah. Like, watering plants or whatever, what have you. But, um, I really love Little Mac... Like, I'm definitely going to... He's your go-to for the time being? Yeah, he's going to be my go-to like when the game finally comes out. But, yeah, Sakurai wasn't kidding when he said that his air game is really bad. He really can't recover from anything. Yeah, I saw that watching. Yeah. And, yeah and, it was in the Invitational last month. You could notice it even. And even in his, um, his attacks in the air, like, he just throws his punch, like... I don't know, just like, ran, like... I don't know, it, let me put it this way. Usually, like, easy target practices you're able to do without... Anyone can do without a problem. Just jump in the air, hit the right. targets or whatever. There was an easy one that I r- ran into in Smash Run, and I was Little Mac. And I couldn't even hit the target just because, like, his punches weren't going where I wanted them to. I jumped in the air, did my up A. He kind of shot it to the left, so mm-hmm. I didn't hit it. Or mm-hmm. I don't know, he's just so awkward in the air. And, yeah, if you, yeah. If you don't want to stay on the ground. It's, it's kind of ridiculous. Right, right. Uh... Yeah, but I mean, it's, uh, any other? I mean, once again, I didn't oh. play the Wii U one at Comic-Con only a month ago, so. Um, I don't know, Rosalina, I feel like I'm not going to be able to figure out, like, how to actually get to play as her until I get to, to until, like, sit down until and... we get the game, just because, I mean, like, I played as her, I shot my Luma, but, like, when free-for-all is so chaotic that you're more focused on attacking, on protecting yourself, so you're looking at Rosalina, you're not really paying too much attention to Luma. Right. But then when you're attacking as a little Rosalina, Luma kind of imitates you, so you'll still land some hits with Luma. But it's having same, consciously But at the same it. time, like, it's probably not going to be, like, your best. You're not going to get the full effect of it, or you're not right. going to make the most of it. Right. But, um, and then just, like, some offhand observation, just because my brother, um, 
as he was playing a lot of characters that like he that he mains in Brawl, mm-hmm. like he was saying, he was telling me how all of them are like basically hasn't changed. He's like exactly the same. Only like, difference is uh, well, I mean, Pikmin or not. Well, yeah, right? except for Mr. Recovery, but like he pretty much plays the same. Yoshi still played the same. If anything, like because he was still like destroying with sure, Yoshi. Yeah. yeah. And then um, the only one that he said like felt really odd and he couldn't really like play with him that well was um, Sonic. I've noticed a lot of people are like taking moves from Fox. Like, I wonder um, if that means. <clears throat> I wonder if that means no wolf or Falco this like, time. Is like Yoshi's just... um, tackle used to be a headbutt. Now it's like a little like dash kick. Sure. And then now instead of an uh, instead of like hitting you with his head with his up smash, now it's a backflip just like Fox. Yep, I noticed that. Yeah. And then Sonic, instead of doing his cool like down smash where like he goes into like a ball and he's like, I guess he dashes in place. Yeah. His little like rev thing, not really rev, but his little like circling himself. Yeah, he, he yeah. goes like he was in like a little circle. Um, yeah, now he does a split kick, like he does his splits just like Fox. Huh? It's like, why would you take that away from Sonic? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. This is weird, but I don't know. Really fun. Can't wait for. It. I will say the more that I've played, I'm gonna the... play this game a lot online. Oh my god. I oh mean, yeah. If I the online, imagine. if the online doesn't suck, it which, should. I mean, it has infrastructure is so much could, better now. It shouldn't. But if it doesn't. Wow, one-on-one matches are gonna take over my life. But the stru- yeah, the structure is so much better now that for online, like you know, Nintendo Network and everything. I doubt it's gonna be that bad. Um, I was gonna say that something I noticed with the 3DS version is it looks really good. Like I, you know, at first glance, like oh yeah, it's definitely a down-res version. But the more you play it, the more you're like oh, this actually looks pretty good. Like it has some like subtle cell shading and yeah, the like- outlines are nice. Like the outlines help a lot. You could turn them off, but they are actually quite helpful. Yeah, that's why I feel things. like. Like, it's all relative, like, in the way, like... Yeah. Yeah, like, after... I've been playing the 3DS one for a long time, like, during the tournament or even after. Like, I don't know, it just felt like I was playing, like, a console version. It just... It didn't feel like anything was being... Was being being sacrificed. Which is ideal. Which is what you want. Kind of like TV size, like, if you playing on a... Like, I've been playing on a 3DS, um... A regular 3DS, like, for a long time, and it doesn't feel any smaller than when I play on an XL. Right. But then when I play on an XL, like... Like, right away, like, or I guess in the first few moments, like, whoa, it feels big, but then after a while, it doesn't really feel that much bigger. You just get used to it, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I do have to say, the regular 3DS version felt way more comfy than the XL version. Just because the button placement's closer again? Yeah, the button placement, definitely, I felt like, oh, and also the um, the analogs. Mm. I don't know why, the, I, I feel like I like the analogs better on the regular 3DS version. Well, I, I played it primarily on an XL, I think, actually, no, I played it on both, I take that back. I have an XL, so when I played on the XL, it felt perfectly fine. When I played, but interestingly, when I played it on the normal 3DS, I didn't go, "Oh wow, this feels different." It just kind of also felt fine. So, I guess that's good. That's comfortable for the 3DS because the 3DS original 3DS is quite hand cramping, generally speaking. Like that's a complaint a lot of people have. So I guess it's good that I didn't feel that way. <laughs> I yeah. that as well. And yeah, the 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 um, shoulder buttons are definitely springier on the original than on the XL. Yep. But, but yeah, one thing I noticed with Smash Bros. is essentially, to be honest, and now that we've talked about it for 20 minutes, essentially, uh, the Smash Bros. they had at E3 was the, or sorry, at Comic-Con was the same one they had for all their E3 stuff, at, in the Invitational, at, uh, at the Best Buy events, so it's oh like... Oh my god, people are hilarious, I was just hearing, like, conversations, like, behind me, they're like, oh man, like, this is a, this is a brand new build that they brought out just for Comic-Con. It's not. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, I know, like, in this one you can actually, like... Uh, if you're falling down, you could, like, press the shoulder button to, like, tech the ground so that you could roll out of the fall. Like, right. Well, like, maybe it is a new build, but the one... Well, thing... no, no, it's not, because I, okay. I saw, like, people doing that in the E3 oh, build, right, the prior right. build, like, 
don't know. I guess people were just really convinced that yeah. that was but the, the more updated move. The downside of it not being a new build means that all the new characters that have come out, including Pac-Man and some new ones we're about to get to, weren't in there. So, you know, you that A big... lot of characters weren't even in there that were announced since, like, the first day. That's true. Like, yeah. no one's been able to play as Peach yet. Right. No one's been able to play as... There's no Palatina. Oh, she was announced at 3 Yeah, I think so. that's someone old. Oh, oh, hit me. Keep right. carry on. But, yeah, the, so the thing I was going to say is... And it's kind of funny because, like, a week before... The week before ColorCon, Nintendo announced um, a slew of new characters. Three of them, in fact. And uh, I guess this is kind of our transition from impressions to news for Smash Bros., but for those who, I mean, it feels like ages ago just because of the time gap and Comic-Con being in the middle, but we never really talked about it, so we might as well mention it, that uh, they did their live streaming event the day after our last podcast went live, and everyone expected Shulk of Xenoblade to be the character they unveiled. They are like, oh, well, the, the director retweeted, it must be. Then out of nowhere, it wasn't. It was instead a pair of Fire Emblem characters, brand new, and the return of Captain Falcon, who now has a pretty awesome design that reminds me a lot of his uh, anime GP legend. I thought it looked the same, well, except no, for he's the scarf, a, he, right? He has a scarf. His face is totally different. Like his eye, like the helmet's a different shape a little. I don't he, know. he reminds me. He just looked exactly the same to me. I don't know. He reminded me more of the GP legend. I have to one. look at him. I mean, it's it's min- it's minor differences, but he looks a little more like tone, like a little more, like thinner, trimmed. I don't know. All right. <laughs> I guess it just. Struck I'll, me I'll, as, I'll take your word yeah, for it. it. Like I'm not saying he's like not just that. Like I guess. But then I again, like, I feel like I wouldn't really notice something like that unless it's drastic. I'm the type of guy that notices when cereal boxes change their logo like instantly. I notice this, so yeah. But uh, but more importantly, those Fire Emblem characters he announced. Uh, yeah. The the interesting thing is he chose to announce Robin, not Crom as everyone expected. So Robin is for those who don't know but now you probably do know, is the character you choose at the star of Fire Emblem Awakening. And quite frankly, I had no idea Robin's name was Robin. I don't know who Robin was, period. Yeah, I mean, I, I well, you never played Awakening, so that makes sense. Also, all these Fire Emblem Awakening characters have suddenly grown feet, which is nice. Because as you may recall, with Awakening, a common thing was they don't have feet. Like, they have little chibi sticks for legs, and that's it. Well, no I mean, feet. Like, now well, they have I mean, feet. Fire Emblem had, like, three different versions of every character. They had, like, the nice cutscene version. Oh, I, yeah. Then they had the kind of in-between, in-game... Yeah, one, and then and they had, like, the, the, the feetless... The, the anime yeah. drawing one. So. But, yeah, so this is more the anime drawing one, I guess. But, um... Yeah, oh, I, I, I guess so... Captain Falcon did have a scarf in Brawl. So, let me, let me see that. Is that Brawl Falcon, or...? It's Brawl Falcon. Maybe he doesn't look as different as I remember. Maybe he's kind of the same. I mean, well, point being, Robin. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I guess I changed the start of the game so fast with... When I got Awakening, I never even knew the name was Robin, but whatever, the name's Robin. And what's interesting about Robin is, much like in the real game, you can be male or female, which is now a common thing in Smash Bros. You know, Wii Fit Trainer, Vill- Villager, uh, I feel like a me Fighters, you know, a lot of them have that feature. But what's interesting about Robin is, unlike other Fire Emblem characters from the past, there is no real... I mean, there is a sword, but that's not the focus of the character. The focus of the character in this case is magic, which is something new for the Fire Emblem series within Smash Bros., so it's actually kind of cool because you use different tomes for an assortment of attacks. So like you have one that does lightning, you have one that does fire, you have another that can both heal you and hurt your opponent at the same time, which is a first in the Smash Bros. series, um, where you can actually hurt and heal simultaneously. Uh, and all of these are it is Sakurai. The Sakurai, Sakurai said also? so. What? Is not the first one where you could just heal in general? Um, I don't think there's ever there's ever been a move that lets you heal. Yeah, there is there like a. Leech Seed of sorts on Pokemon Trainer. No. Or something. There's well, definitely something. Also uses Leech Seed, but it doesn't... No, there's something. Bullet there, seed, but... there was something, I thought. Well, either way, this is the first where you can... 
at least do both, maybe first where you could just heal as well. But uh, the thing is that with all of these, because they're tomes, like in Fire Emblem, I, mean, I guess if you count Didi's eating the peanuts, sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, since they're all with tomes, uh, like in Fire Emblem, you can actually run out of the attack, so you can overuse them. It's a lot like uh, oh, who was it in Brawl where if you could basically overuse an attack and it got weaker after a while. Oh, it's Lucario's one of Lucario's moves. Remember, if you, or it's any of the moves for any really. character. If you spam an attack enough, it gets weaker over time until yeah, you mix it up. It's called like attack decay, but yeah. it's only like ten times. I think what you mean, um, like it's kind of the same thing with Wario. Like if you overuse the far, it just stays small. But right. Let it charge or rob. But then again, those are like attacks that just charge over time. Like Rob's laser, and if you sure every time you use it, it just goes back to being tiny. You kind of have to let it recharge a little. Yeah, I'm not sure if these get bigger if you let them sit, but they certainly run out if you don't. I mean, if you do use them a lot, uh, and 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 because well, you just you could charge them to make bigger versions. Well, of yeah, them. yeah, but I don't know if that you know how that affects. I guess that would wear them down faster, just like any other character. But of course, Robin also does have a sword. <laughs> Even though I was just saying, it's more magic focused. Any every Fire Emblem character has to have a sword. So Robin actually uses the Eleven Sword from from Fire Emblem, which like also the- runs out of steam after a while. You can break it if you use it too much, and then you have to temporarily use this like wimpy little bronze sword so well apparently he uses his wimpy little bronze sword like the whole time and the 11 sword is only smash. for his smash attacks smash attack. which apparently he has smash attacks in the air because yeah i should specify that sorry i meant specified for smash attacks is 11 sword and then that but you can run out of the 11 sword and even for smash attacks at that point you're stuck with the bronze yep. from my understanding of it but uh so it's interesting it's definitely a different dynamic for it for a character to be able to a heal itself and b have to really monitor your attacks that closely to make sure you're not overusing any single one of them but I also find it kind of interesting that um, Sakurai, who it, it, who has a habit of trolling fans, has chosen specifically to ignore Krom completely and only make him part of the final smash of Robin, and not an actual character. And uh, the re- you know the reason for this you, you would think is because there's enough swordsmen, right? And it turns out uh, in a Famitsu column that Sakurai writes, he did basically say, "Yep, it's because there are a lot of swordsmen." But then on the flip side of that, you have him revealing the second character which is Lucina, who's basically a female Martha and is a swordsman, or swordswoman. So I was like, he's kind of contradicting himself here. Because Sakura's like, yeah, I didn't want too many sword people. So here's here's More Robin, and by the way, here's another sword person. <laughs> so the thing with Lucina, and this is the one that everyone was up in arms over, like, are you kidding me? Why, Lucina? Like, we have a Marth, do at least Krom. So they were freaking out because Lucina's literally female Marth. Except with a few minor, with a few major, yeah, yet the minor first official clone. Yeah, Lucina has the same. Uh, I mean, Sakura has straight up said Lucina has the same strength, speed, special move attacks, set. move set. The difference oh, the is, pro- the difference is that Marth, as anyone that's played Smash knows, the tip of the sword is where you get the strongest damage. You know, hit with the hit with the tip of the sword. Use the tip of the sword. With Lucina, any part of the sword will get the same amount of damage. She actually describes her in the in that Famitsu column as basically Marth for newbies. Mark for beginners. So it sounds like, based on the column, what originally happened is that Lucina was going to be an alt of Marth. Because, you know, we have, like I said, we have Wii Fit Trainer male and female. That sort of thing says so going to be Marth and Lucina. Pick your gender. But then he started adjusting the character. And once you start adjusting a character, in his mind, that means a new roster spot. As soon as, this, as, soon as how they behave changes, they're no longer the same character. They're no longer an alt. It's just voice and look that can be an alt. Once you start messing with stats, they have to be someone yeah, else. Yeah, but I mean, it almost sounds like he felt like he was obligated to tweak it to begin with. Like, he didn't really have to do that, too. I think he just wanted to. Because it sounds like... But it it's sounds funny, like it basically... but, 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 but it almost made it, like... I mean, just... Obviously, it was, like, a translation, but... 
just based on like just from what it said, it almost sounded like um when he made female Lucina or female Mars. Yeah. Um, just like inherently, it had different moves, and he thought, like, "Oh, oh, all right, I guess I have to make her own character." Yeah, base basically. Instead, it's a, instead of it saying like, "Oh, I gave her new moves on purpose because I wanted to make her." Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like what. To I mean, me, it doesn't we, happen by accident. Well, I'm yeah, true. It, I think the, the the process it just you know the idea evolved the initial concept of we'll have Lucina went wait why don't we give Lucina this or that and it's like well let's just make her a new character. But it sounds like what really happened for all the Crom fans that were upset about Lucina taking Crom's spot. It really sounds like they sat down and said, we don't want Crom, he's a sword fighter, who should we do? Let's do Robin. And then 10 minutes, or, you know, a month or two goes by, and they're like, hey, you know that alt for Lucina? She's kind of becoming her own character. Let's just make her a character. Like, anyone that's freaking out about Crom being replaced by Lucina should probably really be going, why did Robin replace Crom? And then Lucina's just kind of a yeah, side Yeah, I mean, if anything, it sounds like... Lucina came out as an afterthought, and the roster was already picked by them. Yeah, exactly. So it's not like she she didn't take any spots. So I mean, well, I don't really care either way. I'm trying to not. Which leads to yeah, but that leads to a whole another question of this whole debate about oh no spots in the roster. Now, like a year ago, Sakurai did say over a year ago now, Sakurai did say, hey, heads up, we might not have as many characters this Smash Bros because there's not room on the 3DS cart. Funny enough, there's more than ever, but. And everyone's like, oh, no, spots. Like, oh, so if, if Charizard's there, does that take up a Pokemon spot? Like, and they're trying to, like, piece together this puzzle. Are we at the point now where the spots don't matter? We now have four Fire Emblem characters. That's a new I don't high. know if spots really matter. Or I don't even are, know, are like... Are spots meaningless? Is the whole concept I, I of think spots, spots are Because I don't even know, like, how he's counting characters. Because, I mean, technically, in Smash Bros. Brawl, there are four Pokemon character slots. But there are really six Pokemon characters. Right. Because, I mean, every single character, every single Pokemon of the Pokemon trainer was its own, like, fully realized character. Yeah. You just, they just took up one spot, and now they're splitting them up, so, I mean, and that goes for, like, every other, like, split up character, like, right. um, Samus and Sheik, so, I don't think spots really matter. Yeah, and yet still people kind of freak out, going like, oh no, blah, 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 took the a spot. The it's... only thing, like, I'm kind of concerned about is, like, how small are the character icons <laughs> going to be on the 3DS? Yeah, I mean, I they mean, were already kind of tiny I mean, when we played it. When we played it, there were only, like, 16 characters available, or about... Yeah, yeah, I it's, think it was, it was, I think it was, it was 16 or it, it, it was 16. And there were... And if you added three more... I, rem- I remember I was counting them. If you added three more, you would get you would fill up the entire top half, the entire top of the 3DS screen, and that would only give you 19 characters. Yeah, so then they'd have so to shrink the, the So boxes. that's not... And that's already, like, less than about, like, half of the ones they already revealed. Yeah. So, like, not even counting new characters, you're going to have to get, like, tiny little characters. Unless, like, it scrolls. I don't know. I doubt it will, but... I imagine they're going to shrink down. Eventually, I mean, you're pretty, gonna, I, eventually I, you just have to memorize where they are, because they're all going to be a pixel big. I'm pretty sure they're not going to have, like, their name on them. No. Like, They'll no, be on the bottom screen when you hover over them, along with, like, a bigger picture. You're right. It's probably going to be like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's, not, it's just going to be, like, the, the four tiers. I mean, that's what it was. Yep. The, the four yep, yep. slots or whatever. And that's how you'll navigate, because it'll all be a pixel big. And you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. But then you look at the bottom slot, and that's almost like you're playing roulette or something. And you're just like, where will it land? But, yeah, but uh, it's going to be a lot of characters. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm just putting my foot down here as an authority on these things. As of right this second, stop talking about character slots. It doesn't matter. It's meaningless. He's already skew, like skewing everything. There's already more character slots out. in this game than there were in Brawl. Yeah, and Brawl was on a huge disc and a 3DS games on a and we still cart. And he still says there were more characters to announce. So. Yeah, although they're reaching the bottom of the barrel, he also Of character said. videos. Of character videos, right. But that doesn't mean... That could mean returning characters don't have videos. They could come too. It could mean anything. Know. Could mean anything. I mean, one thing, for example, that came out of nowhere, speaking of meaning anything, was that um, Rayman is in the game as a trophy. Not as a character, not as an assist trophy, just as a trophy. 
which is really like out of left field and weird. And the and it's it's the first Western character to ever be in a Smash Bros. game. First of all, so that sent some people on the internet into a bit of a tizzy because they're like, "Oh no, this isn't you know, it's like Japanese games. It's supposed to be Nintendo, and then games that were mainly on Nintendo and Rayman starred on PlayStation, and we can't have that." And it, first of all, if he's a trophy, why do you care? No offense. I'm sure I'm going to get an angry something from someone. And secondly, um, he looks... He does not... He looks like he's high or drunk anyway. Just let him be. He clearly wandered into Smash Bros. and didn't know what was going on and thinks he's on, like, Battle All-Stars and doesn't understand the difference. So just let Rayman sit there in the corner. Ignore him. Um, He'll be fine. Surprisingly, I mean, not that there's anything wrong with it at all, but, um, like, also a lot while in life with Smash Bros. things, I heard people talking, and it does sound like... Some people really do care more about trophies than any other aspect of the game. I mean, the like there are those people that don't, that don't even really care that much about the actual fighting. They just want like to go through their trophy collection and just collect all the trophies. Right. So they should be happy that there's more, even if it know. is a Western. Like, guy. like one, like I heard someone, like someone saying, like, "Oh, it's like tainted." Or, like, I mean, to play dev- to 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 look at it from the other side, it does make sense why he's there. Rayman, yes, it started on PlayStation, but Rayman, as of late, has been on Nintendo systems. I mean, Rayman Legends was, probably at the time this was negotiated, was a Wii U exclusive. Mario and Luigi costumes are in Rayman Legends. There's some crossover there already. Ubisoft was on very good terms with Nintendo for a while. And from what I was reading on NeoGAF, which has some legit insiders that know their stuff, uh, there's a guy who called this a year ago that this was happening. Ubisoft actually approached Nintendo and basically said, we really want to put Smash, or, sorry, Rayman in Smash Bros. How do we get him in there? This was before they like backed away from Nintendo and stopped supporting as much. And, uh, long story short, they got the consolation prize of a trophy instead of actually having him as a fighter. But, and that's why, you know how Sakura was like, yeah, they sent me over the assets directly. It's probably because it was part of their pitch to get him as a playable character. Yeah, people really shouldn't complain. I mean, it's, I not, mean, it's just, it's not like it's going to ruin anything. I mean, if you don't like it, don't you look at it. It's not like it's a character that you have to face against your will. It's a trophy on a screen that you can just ignore. Yeah, it's not putting rabbits in the Ninja Turtle game. Yeah, Three rabbits because yeah. there clearly aren't enough. Ninja Turtle characters. Clearly. Clearly. I mean, there's the Turtles, there's April, and there's Shredder. That's it. And there's Krang. That's it. That's the whole universe. They, they don't even... have any other characters. Any other character you've ever heard of is not real. They didn't even not put Krang. Not canon. <laughs> they didn't put Krang? No. Why would they not put Krang? I guess how you make a Krang fight. Well, I mean, they put a Neutron, which is basically a Krang. But it's not Krang. It's not Krang. It's not Krang. It's funny, they did have a stage that was the Technodrome, like, from the 80s cartoon. With no Krang. <laughs> Yeah, but no Krang, no other 80s, 90s references, no that's, nothing. And that's why that came into well. A bajillion, because there's no Krang. I'm telling you, every, if there was... Every single person wanted to be up in Rocksteady, it's like, nope, we'll just give you three rabbits. And no Krang. I'm telling you, if they re-release Smash Up as TMNT Smash Up Krang Edition, sales will be through the roof. Everyone loves a little brain and a little walking. Well, it's not like people wanna, really want to be up in Rocksteady. I know, I'm, I'm just yeah. I'm joking. But, uh... I was going to say, the one, one, one other thing of note about Rayman that's kind of interesting is, did you see, a couple days after Sakurai properly unveiled it on Miiverse, um, Ubisoft posted their own post on Facebook, on the Rayman Facebook page about it, and Rayman looked totally different, like a totally different character model for the trophy. Yeah. Like, Sakurai's look, like, wasted, and Rayman in, uh, in Ubi- on Ubisoft's page looked like he just woke up bright and early in the morning, went on a nice hike, had a cup of coffee, and star his day. Like, they're, like, polar opposites. It's, it's strange i wonder i guess they either switched it or sakurai purposely made the least flattering angle for it he could think of because uh he might be annoyed they tried to force him in the game or something who knows but but yeah rayman rayman is now in smash bros also in smash bros as assist trophy just announced the other day is uh takamaru of uh mysterious 
Murasami uh, Castle, or however you say that game's name, which you may know Takamaru from Ninja Castle in Nintendo Land, but his history actually goes way back to the NES days where he had that mysterious Murasami Castle game, which now, for the first time, is actually coming out in the U.S. on Virtual Console, I believe on 3DS, maybe Wii U as well, on August 7th. For all those people holding their breath? For all those people that have been holding their breath for 25 years. For? 27 years, or something like that. For that guy that we made up a long time ago. Oh, 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 the guy that's into all the random stuff that no one else is into. Our, our character. Angry Bird Star Wars. Our character, yes, I forgot his name. But our character. Yeah. Yes. Good times. Indeed. But uh, besides characters, Sakurai also talked about stages, which is kind of the last thing we'll cover with Smash Bros. before we move on to the other games we played at Comic-Con. And there, there are a fair number of interesting stages. For example, on 3DS, uh, Sakurai announced on Miiverse the first day of Comic-Con that Tomodachi Life, the new hit game Tomodachi Life, is getting its own stage, which is essentially a giant dollhouse. It's kind of a cool idea, actually. Like, the front, there's different rooms, and the rooms are covered up until you have a character in them, in which case the wall just disappears, and you can see. So you can, like, hide bombs in there, as Sakurai suggested, or other items, or whatnot. And then as you fight, um, as you go from room to room, the room, the rooms are different, and they actually randomize based on each time the stage is loaded up. So you can have, like, a living room, or a dining room, or, like, an arcade, or it's just random well, rooms. I really like to do that randomization thing, just like yeah. with um, Tour Timer Island. Yeah, yeah. I believe his name's Tortimer. I'd like to say tour timer, like old timer. Is he an old timer? You know, it might be that. But I also like to say tortimer, like tortoise. Wait, tortimer. You know, it's probably tour timer. <laughs> you know what? I think it's tour timer. I mean, you also, I pronounce, wrong I mean, you also pronounce timer the way it's spelled right there. You're just adding a tour in front. True. It probably is. I'm just trying to make him sound like a real name. Tortimer. <laughs> like, yo, tortimer. But, uh, yeah, so that's that stage. And, uh... One kind of neat thing is your Miis will actually pop up. You and your friend's Miis will appear in the background of the stage. They'll pull it from the 3DS system data. So it will be just like Tamodachi Life. If you have all the Miis and Tamodachi Life also on your system, you're literally playing your Tamodachi Life life in the game, which is kind of cool. And it's a super gimmicky stage. It kind of reminds me of PictoChat in some ways, just in like the randomization of it and the kind of like quirkiness. But I think it's kind of cool. And also at Comic-Con, but separate from this, um, Nintendo accidentally revealed that Green Hill Zone from Smash Bros. On Bro- from Smash Bros. Brawl is going to be in the 3DS version. They put out like a whole bundle of screenshots, like 45 or 50 screenshots or something, and there's one lone screenshot with uh, Green Hill Zone. Don't know if that was an accident or not, but now we know. Green Hill Zone's back. Uh, after Comic-Con, just actually just like yesterday or two days ago, depending on when this goes live, um... Sakurai announced another new stage, and this one kind of came out of nowhere. Like, I didn't think he'd ever do this, and that is a Paper Mario stage. And not just a Paper Mario stage, multiple Paper Mario's worth of stages. Or multiple Paper Mario's in a stage. Paper Mario come from another character? I wish. That'd be great. But yeah, essentially, um, the stage, much like in Paper Mario games, will flip like a book between these different settings. So you start out in Sticker Stars uh, world, so to speak, where it's like, I think it's the like early on in the game where there's the windmill and the paper fan. You have to do that puzzle where you have the fan blow everything over. That's the first part, and the wind will be blowing and everything. Then the book will flip, and next thing you know, you're on the uh, SS Flavion from Thousand Year Door, and that looks a lot like the Wind Waker ship in, uh, or the Wind Waker stage with the red line, with the big ship and the red lion and everything from Brawl. It looks kind of like a papery version of that. So, and then presumably there'll be other Paper Mars as well. I imagine he'll do all four games, but. Four games, right? Yeah, Super Paper Mario, Thousand Year Door Original, and Sticker Star. Four games. I imagine he'll do all... Hey, what? Four. I was just saying I imagine we've only seen half of that Paper Mario stage and all four games in the series will be represented. But I, th- I, I, I don't know. It's interesting that he's doing the different aesthetic of the papery world, even with the 3D characters. 
I really want Paper Mario to be playable now so badly. Mm. Imagine do, you the characters will, do you think the characters will be flat, kind of like how they turn flat in Flat Zone? Even I would assume they'd be somewhat flat. They, I mean, they would kind of have to be. Huh. Or else it'd be really weird because it's paper, which is flat. <laughs> so unless the paper has depth. But I mean, I guess in Sticker Star it did have depth. There's like more like well, cardboard I mean, boxes. Well, every Paper Mario has depth. It's just like... Yeah. That's not like a diorama. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they're standing so on the edge of a piece of paper. Right, right. But it could, it could be 3D then. Yeah. Yeah, but... Yeah. But it just makes you really want Paper Mario. Imagine the cool moves that Paper Mario could have, like turning to a paper airplane or like all the transformations and stuff. Yeah. That'd be a super cool character. I'm going to hold out hope. I'm going to be sorely disappointed, but I'm going to hold out hope. Yep. Uh, I keep saying yep. Yeah, and also, he, he also, on Wii U, Sakurai confirmed that there's going to be a new Star Fox stage. It's kind of a given at this point. You're once again, most likely... Best version from the yes, best game. Yes, from your favorite game, Assault. The Great Fox looks great. That screenshot looks so great. It makes me really excited for uh, however Star Fox or Wii U is going to end up being. Probably not as good as Assault, but I guess... No, we'll... I mean in terms of the look. Just like that photo, oh, that I, screenshot I, 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 posted. I stand by my statement. You don't think it's going to be as good as a GameCube game in terms of graphics? No. Wow. You don't hold much <laughs> hope for Miyamoto's new pro- pet project, do you? No. No? Alright. Alright. Um, no. But, and we well, might... I mean, like, didn't he not make Assault? Which it's probably... Uh, he supervised. He supervised. Oh, so the grubby little hands weren't on it. Again, I'm talking about graphics, <laughs> not gameplay here, but you still. see this still. All right, all right. Well, we'll find out whatever the Star Fox that stage fuzzy is. fuzzy tail. Yes. Yeah, Star- Wait, did you say the fuzzy tail? Yeah. If you want fuzzy tails in Star Fox, you need to play Star Fox Adventures again. Have you that, seen- that is a fuzzy tail. The yeah, fur that, effects, that was a fuzzy tail. The fur... The fur effects. Welcome, first of all, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Random Town Podcast, where we used to talk about fuzzy tails for an hour. Uh, the the fur effect. I mean, Fox's was so fuzzy good. tail in Super Smash Bros. for Wii U wasn't all that fuzzy. Actually, no, it's Fox more... himself wasn't all that fuzzy. <laughs> if anything, he looked. He looks combed. He looked a little too combed. He looks not that special. Yeah, he's combed. Yeah. He's slicked back. He's like you know that current hairstyle where everyone slicks back their hair with gel, kind of like fifty style. Fox did that to his whole body. Basically, I was gonna say he looks identical to like the brawn one. He does, which is like Command Fox, basically. Yeah, because that's the most one of the most recent in terms of progress of the franchise. I mean, yeah, we got three sixty four three D, but that's a throwback. The Command's the most recent character design, new character design. Yeah, and then GameCube was just like a GameCube like, was I just a version of the N sixty four one, right? Basically, GameCube was yeah. Adventures and Assault have kind of different art styles, but Assault Star Fox looked like he stepped out of a boy sca- a Boy Scout camp. Like, he had, like, a big, like, gray, or, like, a beige vest with, like, a red trim inside, and, like, khaki, and forest green, and I'm like, hey, he, he's a member of the Boy Scouts, good for him. He knows how to light a fire in the woods if he gets lost. But, uh, yeah, he, I like the command one, because it's a little more spacey. Like, he looks a little more like he's in space and not coming out of a forest. Which you could argue he's a fox, so it could go either way. Okay. I'm just, hey, we went, to, you went down this road, I'm just continuing. We can't turn back now. Now, Slippy on the... No, uh, so... What I was going to say, though, is we'll find out however the Star Fox stage or however Fox will turn out probably in November because the latest rumor is Smash Bros. for Wii U is going to launch on November 21st. Which, coincidentally, is the same... Not really, is the same day as Pokemon Omega Alpha and Ruby Sapphire. Looks like Nintendo might once again do the one-two punch like they did last year with Mario and Zelda on the same day. Because it's going to be a lot of gaming. But uh, the rumor, if you're curious, the rumor stems from... Um, a couple of retail listings going up that show that date, as well as uh, a pre-order slip at like a major chain store having that date listed on it. So that's probably what's going to happen. And I was chatting with the Nintendo rep at uh, Comic Con, 
And while he said he didn't know for sure, he's like, knowing Nintendo, which is basically this basically what I've been saying too for a while, knowing Nintendo, third weekend is the weekend. Because they do it right before Black Friday, you know, that's when they can ensure to get high sales. So third weekend, which is the 21st. The 21st is the Friday of that weekend, which is Nintendo's favorite release day. So Smash Bros. Wii U, I'm, I'm going to officially, officially say November 21st. And if I'm wrong, you can punch me in the face. It's still kind of a bummer that we have to drive all the way to that other Best Buy to get our copies. Oh yeah, just because we want the gold coins. Yeah, yeah. It, it, It's worth it. Yeah, it's still kind of a hassle though. $10 in gas for a 25 cent coin, totally worth it. Pretty sure you get more than 25 cents for it. Maybe sold well, yeah, yeah, probably. But I just mean in terms of production cost. But uh, the, the one rumor that probably, I don't know if this is true, there's a rumor Smash Bros. where you might also come with a meat and Amiibo for free. Who knows? But that does kind of transition nicely to talk a little bit about Amiibos. That would be saw... the best way for Nintendo to get everyone like with an Amiibo so they couldn't figure out what it does so that they can... It would make sense if they gave that generic Mario with the fireball. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can actually see them doing yeah, that. Yeah, give but... away Mario. He's like the most generic. Like I can't really see many people buying Mario. Are you kidding? So many kids are going to want Mario? Just because we're like I, it's fans funny, yeah. that appreciate the larger Nintendo universe. There's so many people like, oh my god, I need Mario. Oh, fine. No, no, you're right. I take that back. I guess it's just, like, so generic. It's, like, it's just Mario. With a fireball. Like, Mario's not really that special. With a translucent plastic fireball. Don't the, the only that. thing that makes Mario special is the fact that he's Mario. So Mario's not special, except that he's Mario, which does make him special. So I'm not but sure not what your end comment is. Uh, so he's in a... It's because, a Catch-22. Like, Luigi is special because, like... Because he he's not Mario, but he he's Because he has, like, a personality. Mario has a personality. His personality is just, like, good guy Mario. <laughs> But anyway, Amiibo. Amiibo. This is a good transition into Amiibo. Um, we did, they did have them on display there. I did, for those who didn't see it, I Instagrammed a pretty snazzy photo of them um, online. You could, All right. Um, yeah, it, it's snazzy, I say. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, they look pretty good in person. I mean, there's not, just like, there's not a whole lot to add because, you know, everyone's seen high-res photos of them. But in person, they do look pretty high quality. I mean, I'm sure you were still a little concerned about being able to see the seams on Yoshi's nose and whatnot for or not nose Duck but arms. Arms. Duck arms but the quality of the plot like the quality looks pretty good i wouldn't quite say they look vinyl but yoshi looks super smooth samus looks reflective like uh, just to clarify her her armor is reflective she doesn't have she's not reflecting on life or anything her expressions <laughs> hit it but yeah sorry but uh, i just had to say that uh but no they look they look good i i i'll put it this way when they were first announced a3 i think i even said on the show i'll probably buy a couple now that i've seen them in person i'm like yeah i'm buying all these so, yeah, so it worked. They do they do look pretty cool, and there are a lot of people crying around that little kiosk with them on display at Comic Con. So I'm sure I'm sure they're gonna do pretty well when they come out. Yeah, they'll be fine. Yeah. So totally switching gears, another game we gotta play, which comes out a lot sooner than Smash, is uh, Hyrule Warriors. And now this was primarily me. Did you try it at all? Mm, I just watched it a little, just but I don't know. I, I just didn't really. Right, so I guess I'll talk a little bit about like what it was like. Now, as anyone that's been listening to the show for a little while knows, I'm kind of, kind of wor- worried that it's just a giant button masher, and it is. But it's not just like it's not just total like blah, 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 like a a a a a and that's it. There's actual little strategy. You can do different combos and whatnot, and there's timing involved, and there's some skill involved, and you gotta remember to L target. You need okay. I wouldn't say so much skill. Well, not skill, but just in the like. Sense, like... That, I mean, it doesn't really seem that hard to, like, combo. Like, if anything, the game makes it really easy to attack and kill waves of people. But that's just because the game is about, like, managing... Killing waves of people. Managing the battlefield. It's not about, like, the actual combat. Like, as weird as that sounds, it's not. 
Right, well, that's what I was getting at with skill, yeah. is there are, at any one time, you will think it's a button masher, because you're sitting there going after 200 moblins, or like 70, uh, you know, 70, like, uh, stuff, stealth, whatever you call them. You know, there's tons of enemies on screen, and it never slows down, by the way, with all these enemies on screen. It runs pretty smooth. But, so that's like whatever. You're just hitting, there's, you have Y as your strong attack, X as your uh, weak attack. You always start with X, and you end with Y or any other button to do different combos, a different number of presses, do different combos, that sort of thing. Just like real Dynasty Warriors. And, um, you could plow through people, and literally plow through them. At one point, I just batarammed people with, like, a shield. Like, just, like, hurled through them. And that's not very strategic. What gets strategic is when you do the boss fights, when you do the big character fights, when you have to start actually thinking about dodging, which is the B button, and you can kind of side roll, and managing the battlefield where you're on one part and they have something you need to do on another part, but there's a person that needs your help on a third part. Because the fields are broken up into almost different, like, rooms on the map, even though they're all, like, just one open field with different, like, bases and whatnot. And you have to secure each base. I forgot what they call them. They have a name for them. They're not bases, but... You secure each base, essentially. You secure that, the area. Yeah, the area, be it like an enclosed base or just that square. But you have to also manage what's happening in the other squares at the same time. So there's a little tactical yeah, so, element. Yeah, so every area has like a little bar that is either... If it's controlled by the enemy, it's red. And the more yeah. enemies you kill, the I guess like it starts to dwindle until it's completely empty. And then it turns blue, which means you're in control. Which means you could go off and try to control another area. Yep. But while you're gone, the little life bar of that area will start to dwindle as more enemies come in. But And that's where co-op comes in, because there is two-player co-op in there. And that's where working with the CPU characters comes in, because they can help manage that bar. They can help keep blue, blue, and red, and prevent red from being red. But it's, um, you know, it's one of those things that, like, you do have to kind of micromanage a little as you go. So, so there was that strategic element. And also, remember, unlike Dynasty Warriors, where you just hack and slash... It is a Zelda game, so there is L-targeting, as I learned the... Okay, backstory time. I was the last person to play Hyrule Warriors oh, man, on the last weird. day of Comic-Con, and I'm sitting here, and I'm going through enemies, I'm just... I'm killing it. Like, honestly, I'm killing it until I get to the Durango at the end. The Dongo. Or the Dongo. Did I say Durango? That sounds like Durango, <laughs> like the Dodge car. I get to the Durango. This minivan just comes at me, or truck comes at me, and I'm like, why are you in Zelda? And then I fight it. No, uh... The Dodongo. I get to the Dodongo, I, and there's this person sitting next to me like, oh, I have to play. Like, I, I texted my friend in Seattle, and I'm like, I'm playing Zelda, except I wasn't this yet, so now I excuse. need to. It is we kind all of know the, We all know the truth. It is kind of an excuse. But point being, so I look at my watch, there's four minutes left, I'm like, crap, I need to get this person to play. So I just stop paying attention to what I'm doing, I just start button mashing, like, full on. And then I realize I'm not even holding down the L... Uh, the L targeting. So I'm, like, throwing bombs at the Dodongo, which, by the way, you have endless wep endless weaponry in Hyrule Warriors. There's no limit on bombs like in nor normal Zelda. You could just... I don't know where they come from. They just keep flying off Link's back like non-stop, like hyperspeed. So I keep doing that and I'm not really paying attention. I'm not holding now. Basically, the Nintendo rep said by the end of it I was the first person to ever get really close to dying. Well, so sort of. I'm it, holding my reputation. It, it was more like, like you were like really close to dying and then um, Obis asked the rep, has anyone ever died while playing this demo? And, I said, and, I, and, and he and, said and, I was and, the closest. And, and, and the guy just said, um, like, no, not even close. Like, it's really easy. Which means you came the closest, because... Right, that's why I just said the reverse of that, but oh, same thing. Yeah. yeah, I was the closest to dying. He said that is basically the closest to dying. So, I'm, well, A, I'm upholding my reputation of being horrible at video games, thank you very much. And B, I was just trying to help the, the, the girl next to me, it's not my fault, I was just being a good Samaritan. And C, no one's ever watched me play a video game in a public space again. That's the key takeaway. But no, no it, so many it, people were like rooting for you, like, throw the bomb! Like, oh wait, no, people. not behind it's, you! Throw it in the mouth, what are you doing? 
Damn it. Because I wasn't L target. I guarantee I'm going to get like multiple tweets about this when this goes up, this podcast. They're going to be like, L target. Jason always L target. Uh, I mean, I, 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 uh, never mind. No, it was. I'm not even going to bother. What were you going to say? Well, no, because I, I watched you play like your whole demo. So there were. um. I was L targeting at first. No, not even. Yeah, I was. I, I targeted the first I, I, staff I, I, posts or whatever. There, 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 there were some giant um bacoblins or moblins that um had the little uh, on top of them, and you just kept like running past them. You just kept flashing on them like Jason, press L. Jason, press L. No, I they did just at the never very beginning. L. So I, like, mm, well, I did at some point. So at the beginning. Like, uh, I mean, I guess you did, but not when. Not when you, you told me not, to, not, because not, you didn't. You didn't tell me to when I was already doing not, it. Not, not when you needed to. I guess so. Point yeah. being, I relearned the importance of L targeting, formerly Z targeting for you Zelda diehards. Uh, so but more of the point, more of the point, more of the point. So you're gonna get it? Comes out this month apparently. Yeah, uh, no, next what? month? No, September. September. It's it's now the end of July. I'm already counting August. I'm already thinking it's August. No, any yeah no September. It comes out late September. Uh, but yes, yeah. Here's the thing. So even if I couldn't L target, even if I almost died, even if the Nintendo ref actually laughed at me, all these things happened. Uh, <sighs> Even with all that, it was still really fun, and there was actually more to it. Like, I didn't know as much about the whole strategic, like, manning the different bases, so to speak, manning the different room, the different spaces and making sure you don't get invaded. So that did make it feel like a little more than just a straight-up button masher, because you're running around, you have to micromanage. So yeah, I, I think I'll actually enjoy it. It is definitely a button masher in many ways, but it's one with some strategy, one with some elements of actual, like, thinking involved. It's not straight-up just hammer that button. Although the Nintendo rep did say never stop pressing X. So there is that mashing in there for sure. Uh, but yeah, I think we're going to get it. The one thing I will say, though, is the graphics are kind of meh. They're not horrible. I mean, granted, they can't be amazing because they have 200 enemies on screen. But the, the general feel I got is like, this is like mid-level graphics. And after playing Mario Kart, after seeing Yoshi's Woolly World and Captain Toad, which we'll get to in a few minutes, which look spectacular. After seeing uh, you know Mar uh, Smash Bros., which looks great, it did feel like a noticeable step down in graphic quality. But nothing to like ruin your experience. Just one where I actually consciously went, huh. This looks okay. One of those times where power definitely would have made a big difference as yeah. opposed to art style. Definitely. Because they went with the realist Because they, they could have had both. Yeah. They could have. didn't. But they do... It's interesting because the game does pull different art styles slightly from different games. Because uh, as we recently learned, actually, around the time of Comic-Con, Hyrule Warriors is focused on primarily three Zelda games. Twilight Princess, uh, uh, Skyward Sword, and now we know Ocarina of Time. Those three are the like core universes it's pulling from so it kind of borrows like kind of the some of the watercolory stuff from skyward sword some of the like you know some of the art style of twilight princess and some of ocarina and kind of mash them together but all those are a bit more realistic so they did have to scale down and that kind of is a nice transition to um just talking about what's new with hyrule warriors which is ocarina of time we've already had our twilight princess theme of information and our skyward sword theme of information and now it's ocarina's turn so um basically the reason it's these three games is the plot is that Sia, the evil witch in the I think she's the evil witch, yeah, in the game, um, has decided, I'm just going to mash together three different dimensions, worlds, and here's what happens. Hyrule Warriors happens. So that's their that's their amazing story of why these worlds are intertwined. Wait, so where's this link from? <coughs> a whole separate world? There's, uh, no, is this the, link supposed to be Ocarina of Time Link? A variant of, I believe. Because you can unlock a Twilight Princess skin as DLC, I and believe, a Skyward and Sword. a Skyward Sword. So this is the Ocarina one. Okay. Which will also explain why he's fighting alongside Impa, because Impa had probably... But that was Skyward Sword Impa. Was it Skyward Sword Impa? Yeah. Oh, you're right, it was. So yeah, they're just mashing it up like crazy. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. There's a the plot. They're mashing together. So Skyward Sword Impa talks to, Hi to Ocarina of Time Link and goes, what's going on? And then they fight together. Done. 
I can write the game. Done. But, uh, so what they announced about, uh, Ocarina of Time is, unsurprisingly, one of the new characters that's gonna be playable is gonna be Sheik in Hyrule Warriors. I don't think anyone expected Sheik to not be playable, but unlike in Smash Bros., for example, Sheik is actually more magic-based than physical. In the sense that she used she, he, whatever you want, I'm not getting involved in that debate, but Sheik, as a character, uses the harp, its harp, to summon all sorts of magic. So you could do things like, uh, literally drop down fiery boulders, you can, um, have, you know, have, like, beams shoot out, all sorts of stuff. And that's Sheik's move, but of course Sheik does have a few physical things like knives and and ninja-like reflexes, I think is one of the descriptors, descriptors they use. So there, there are some physical well, elements of Sheik, so. but, yeah. But it's a lot of magic this time. One character that's less nimble and also less expected is probably Dancing King, Goron Dance Star, uh, Darunia. How do you say it? Darunia? Darunia. Darunia. The dude in Ocarina of Time, if he plays Sarah's song, he goes like, hey, oh, and starts like partying in his. Oh, I, I feel like it was a given we would get one Goron as a character. I didn't think it'd be him, though. It'd be Dancing Guy. I thought it'd just be generic Goron A and generic Zora B. But in the end, we got uh, Duraninia and. Princess uh, Ruto mm. as the oh, two. Makes sense. Yeah, so the thing with uh, the Goron guy is, uh, yes, he does dance in Hyrule Warriors, which is awesome. I was watching some footage, and I was like, oh, this is so great. Like, he'll, like, before he does his special attack, that's another thing, by the way, that I didn't mention the impressions. It's not the combos you do can be special attacks. There's an A, if you hit A, it does a special attack, but there's also some you can do through combos. And when you do that, like, enemies light up, and you just kind of, like, auto-target them and just go to town. So Link has, like, a spin dash, for example, that is triggered by that. Um... The Goron guy does like this crazy hammer thing because he has a giant hammer. That's his weapon. And he's not quite as nimble because he's this huge Goron, but he's a giant hammer. You can rev him kind of almost Sonic-like, like the Gorons do. Uh, that sort of thing. So he can also throw huge boulders out of nowhere. I'm not sure where they come from. He just picks them up and he just has them. But yeah, so, that, so that's another character. And then the third character is, as I mentioned, uh, Princess Ruto, who has all water-based attacks. There's one where you throw all the enemies into like this sphere of water. Water, you mean? Well, water, I mean... Well, no, water, I mean, doesn't work. Uh, what... Yeah, I, I see what you did there. I ah, see. I see. I wish I did that intentionally. But yeah, so... Uh, there's different water attacks. You can launch water-shaped... Sh water fish arrows. They, it's water shaped like fish that shoot, like, arrows at enemies. You can send enemies into, like, this swirl of water that you summon. It's all water stuff. So it's what's oh, interesting... Should be making waves. Should be making all sorts of waves. But what's interesting about this is... For a whale... What? For a while. Oh, uh, yeah, that didn't work whatsoever. Uh, but what's interesting about this to me is they're all... Not that there's anything wrong with this whatsoever. I'm not saying that. It's just kind of an observation because there's been so much talk about female characters in games after Ubisoft made that stupid comment about how much extra work it takes to make female characters. They're everyone except Link and now uh, the Goron, who I'm not... Or however you say his name. Everyone else is female. Kind of interesting. I mean, she, I guess, could go either way. But everyone else is... Well, I don't know. She is... There's a whole... Have you never seen the debates online? When she, when debate? Zelda turns into Sheik, does she have the power to turn into a man? Is that why no one can recognize her? Because she's actually a guy? Only when in Sheik? There's like, I'm not even kidding. There's like this whole subset of the internet of the Zelda fan base that like talks about this and has passionate debates about this. That's why I kept saying he, she, it, I don't want to step on any toes. No. It's kind of... I think she's a she, personally. Yeah, there is far, a subset. As far as I'm concerned, it's Zelda. Which makes is it Zelda disguise? Also, uh, her name is Sheik. Not Heek. Sheik. <laughs> That's just the name, but yeah. Nope, nope. It's a statement of gender. But, uh, yeah. So, I find kind of interesting that there's mostly female characters in a very, like, non-stop brawling type of action game. 
kind of cool. Kind of cool to see that Nintendo did something like that. Uh, and also of note is an Ocarina, the Ocarina of Time worlds of uh, Death Mountain and Lake Hylia. Like those versions of those famous areas will be in Hyrule Warriors. So that's your update on Hyrule Warriors and my impressions. Uh, I am much more interested in the game than it just being Zelda fan service, which is why I said the last few episodes now that I played it. It's actually really fun when I know how I'll target properly. Uh, I guess the next game on our list that I gotta play uh, is Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Did you play Captain Toad Treasure Tracker? Um, nope. I saw a lot of demos of it when I was in line. But and by a lot of them, you mean one? There's one yeah. kiosk. Let me just say, Nintendo. I saw a lot of demos from that. From kiosk. the one kiosk, Nintendo. Nintendo, I'm talking directly to you now. Hi, Nintendo. It's great that you want to promote Smash Bros. It's great that you want to promote uh, Mario Kart. It's great that you took over two-thirds of your booth to do both. But you know what you could probably do? You could probably spare maybe two extra kiosks for Yoshi and Toad. I don't such a long line. think I need to stand in line for an hour and 15 minutes to play 10 minutes of Yoshi. I don't think that's necessary. I could be wrong. We played an hour and 15 minutes worth of Smash Brothers during that time. Yes, you played like eight rounds in the time it took me to stand there and watch people play Yoshi. Nothing against your booth, Nintendo, but you could spare, like, two, and I understand, Yoshi's not out to 2015, Toad is a minor game by comparison to Smash Bros., but come on, guys, you had 80 kiosks or something. You can probably spare one more. Rant over. Let's talk Captain Toad. So Captain Toad, uh, there wasn't really any news to discuss. This is strictly our impression, my impressions, but for anyone who's played it on uh, 3D World, Mario 3D World, you know exactly what you're getting into. It's just more fleshed out. And maybe it's just me, but it looks significantly better. They add some new lighting effects and stuff. It looks really good. It kind of fits the whole motif of, like, Nintendo's been doing things where, like, each game has, like, a different, like, vibe. Like, you know, Kirby and the Kirby and the Rainbow Curse is, uh, like, Claymation. Yoshi Woy World is obviously Yarn. Captain Toad feels a lot like, just because you're spinning the level around, it's a lot like a diorama. Like, you're playing a diorama. So it's kind of cool that Nintendo's going further with this. Intentional or not, that they're going further with the, like, real object art styles with their HD games. So for those who haven't done the Captain Toad levels in 3D World, basically how it works is you're Toad, Captain Toad, excuse me, and you have to get to a star at the end of the level and collect crystals along the way if you can find them, and you do it by rotating the world using either the gyro on the gamepad or using the control stick on the gamepad. And essentially, you're unable to jump because Toad's back... This is real reason Toad's backpack is too heavy. He can't jump because he has too much stuff because he's collecting all the stuff because according to the Nintendo rep, he's furnishing the Toad houses. That's why he's finding all this stuff, is to furnish the Toad Houses. Man. So I don't know if that's real. I haven't heard that or seen that in any official Nintendo stuff, but that's what the rep was saying. So I think that's just an awesome Dangerous plot idea. Job. It's an awesome plot idea. But uh, So you're wandering around, and you're dodging enemies, and you're trying to find these things. And it's a lot of like, like perspective puzzles. I thought it would have made more sense for them just to go with the whole, he's just helping Mario get stars. Because that's the whole reason why Captain Toad and Mario Galaxy 1 and 2, right. like, you would see him around, and he would be like, that's oh, what, yeah. I, was, I was around like adventuring in this one area but then it got stuck here can you please help me yeah see that's what i would think too and that's why i'm like i don't know if the rep is was telling the truth or, like i haven't seen documentation saying that's the story but i kind of wish it was because probably good. just said it man this guy looks like a sucker i'm gonna see if i could tell him this why would they lie to me like they're I was literally yeah. playing and they're like oh by the way did you hey man they're there at a kiosk for a long All time full yeah. of people like they're like hey dude, we'd like to have fun here <laughs> we like to have fun here at Nintendo by lying to our customers. But, uh, yeah, so for those who haven't played, it's perspective puzzles. So if you've ever seen Fez or anything like that, it's kind of like that, where you're rotating the stage to find... If you have Super Mario 3D World. You know, uh, yeah, exactly that's what I'm saying. What for, I'm saying for people who haven't. Yeah. That's the whole point. 
uh, yeah, and you're just trying to find things by rotating the stage. And something that's in this one that's also in 3D World is you use the touchscreen to, like, move doors around and move blocks around to, like, you know, shift things. Like, oh, you come out this door and you fall down flat. Well, if you turn the stage 90 degrees and then move the piece again, suddenly that's now a platform because you moved it over at the right angle and you can go a different direction. So it's a lot of that sort of thing. The stages are bite-sized. They had four in total at the demo. They had, um, the ver like, a very simple room entry one where you're just moving your way up. They had a minecart one, which I'm going to get to in a minute. They had a boss fight with a dragon, and they had a, like, Luigi's Mansion-looking haunted house thing. Luigi's Mansion was the first one to introduce Touch. That was, like, the hardest of the bunch. And that okay, one, and that's very, cool. I'm using I'm using air quotes. That's the hardest of the bunch. It's still pretty easy. But, um, and then they had, the boss one was kind of cool because it showed the potential of how they can take this idea beyond just, like, the little puzzles. Because the boss one, yeah, you're still collecting things, but you're basically moving with the stage in a way where the stage is blocking the boss's attack. You can't fight back. Toe can't fight. They can defend or and hide behind. The skills things. on that dragon, damn. Yeah, and the fire effects, so good. Um, now, the one I really want to touch on. So those are fun. They're bite sized They're what you know. They're a good time. They're nice little brain teasers. And I could play. I could see myself playing, like sitting down and playing a bunch of them in one go and that sort of thing. Can you? I can actually, for real. I didn't say how many times I would sit down. I just <laughs> say I say I could see myself sitting down and doing it, like once. No, I, seriously, it was. I really enjoyed it. But the one that really got my attention was the minecart level. Toads on rails. He's in a minecart. You're using the gamepad to aim around and throw apples. Now, the last time that I recall being on rails in a video game and throwing apples was a little game called Pokemon Snap. This feels like what should be Pokemon Snap, the sequel. Even though he's just throwing apples to, like, knock enemies away. Just the idea of you're using the gamepad to turn and you're throwing the apples. It was very Pokemon Snap. And I'm super excited about the possibility that if Toad's well-received, Toad was a spin-off of 3D World. So, you know, if they could do a spin-off of 3D World, why can't they do a spin-off of Toad? They could take the core minecart idea, flesh it out, boom, Pokemon Snap, Wii U edition. The groundwork is there. It plays just like it, and it is awesome. So, Captain Toad itself, pretty fun. Really, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, the minecart level, in particular, oh my god, make Pokemon Snap right now, Nintendo. So, th those are my impressions. I will say, it does not feel like a $60 game. Production value-wise, yeah, it's super good. But, um, con like meat of it wise like you know how meaty the game is definitely even in those four levels i was like well that was brief like they only took like two minutes each so maybe four minutes for the the uh man, the haunted mansion one so i don't know if they're gonna like i wouldn't pay full price but luckily it sounds like it might not be full price um word out of kmart is that it's only gonna be 40 dollars kmart actually listed the game already on their website with a 39.99 price tag that's a little too random to not be accurate you know what I mean? Like standard game prices is fifty, is sixty, sometimes fifty. To have it at forty, What's they got information. Um, honesty track record. Pretty, sorry, I was drinking water when you asked that. Uh, pretty good. I mean, the thing is, like any retailer doesn't just post random information unless it's a placeholder thing, like you know the dates, like December thirty first, twenty sixteen, for a hundred dollars or something. But forty dollars, like that sounds about right. It makes sense. And why? Where would they get that number from? If they were doing a placeholder, they'd do the standard Wii U game price of 60 So someone told them it's 40 So I'm pretty confident it'll be 40 And at $40, it makes perfect sense. It's I would buy it at 40 in a heartbeat. Also, the game just oozes like charm and personality. Like It's just so adorable. So so there's that, too. And Toad does squeal and everything. And actually, speaking of adorable games, good segue into Yoshi's Woolly World. Woolly, woolly, woolly. Woolly, 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 uh, Which is also very adorable and full of personality. Um... This is the game I waited an hour and 15 minutes for. 
And then for some reason, the guy I was playing with, it was co-op. They had it going at co-op. It was single player. Then they made it co-op when they saw how long the line was. But the uh, the the guy I was playing against, for some reason, decided to make it competitive. There was nothing competitive about Yoshi's Woolly World. There's no score tracking. There is nothing like that. But he was, like, throwing me all over the place. I'm just like, what are you doing? And then, of course, he needed my help. Oh, what a mini panini. I know. And then he needed my help at times. And I'm just... And he's, like, just waiting there. Like, and I'm, like, on the other side of the stage because he threw me there. But long story short, looking overlooking that, it is really fun. Um, it really does feel less like a Kirby Epic Yarn Sora game and more like a Yoshi game, which is what we've been talking about the last few episodes and saying is how it would feel. Like, you are exploring a little. There are different multiple paths you can go down, but there is... You know, like, it's like Yoshi. You have one kind of set path, but there's, like... You can go up and down to explore, like, side things and then come back to that main path. It's like that, if that makes sense. So, um, the thing that really, like, caught my eye was just how how good everything looked. Like, it really did look like it was made of yarn and felt like the backdrops, they aren't just like felt backdrops. They're like curtains. They have creases in them and stuff. So you would say and stitching it felt and good to play on? It felt good to play. Oh, and I should say about Captain Toe before I forget, the gamepad and the TV are the exact same view. But I found myself only using the gamepad because you have to do gyro and touch so much. And I was like, oh, this is kind of a bummer because it looks so good in HD, but I'm on the sub-HD gamepad. But that's neither here nor there. Nor there. Yoshi, on the other hand, did not use the gamepad whatsoever. It just mirrored the TV. Maybe they'll add something down the road. But, um, but yeah, just like the, the personality of the game. Like, it was little things like, you know, um, you got things like when you beat a level, there's little fireworks that go off, but the fireworks are beads, not actual fireworks. They're just like little beads that shoot out. Or like things like... Uh, you think like what people wanted out of Yoshi's Island 3DS? Probably. Probably more in that. Yeah. I mean, they wanted the cartoon hand-drawn art in 3DS. But this is a whole different game, so... Yeah, this is the... They wanted it to go all the way like this, yeah. And, or, and there's even a little touch, like, when you be a level, it goes into... It tilts the camera at the last second into kind of a depth of field looking, like, tilt-shift angle. Which is kind of a cool thing. Like, it's hard to describe in words, but when you see it, it's like, oh, that's neat. Like, the whole thing... The whole stage just kind of shifts. Yeah, instead of being um, perpendicular to the... To the stage, the camera just goes out an angle. Yeah, but it looks really nice. Like, it, it, they put, like, yeah. a blur over it and every, Like, a, a tilt-shift blur. Like, you know, if you've used that Instagram feature. Or used it with a real camera, which is where it came from. So just little things like that are really nice. But in terms of gameplay, they had a couple different levels that did different things. Um, a couple things that I noted that were kind of interesting is, one, the eggs actually... They've done this in other Yoshi games, but you could do the whole thing where you throw an egg and it makes a cloud trail. So there's a whole level where you're basically running up, zigzagging up these cloud trails with eggs, but the clouds are made of cotton. Well, it, those eggs were birds. You, get, you have to get them from a nest. Well, no, this time they're just straight up eggs. No, I, I was watching the the level. Like there are nests full of egg shaped birds, and when you walk over them, you're right. Egg shaped birds right. follow you're right. you. You're right. See, like even though I didn't play it, like I still I, I, well, I, demos. I, I always saw that. I came over to the like I only watched that from the second. Yeah, because you have because you have yeah. regular eggs, and you have yeah. these bird eggs that they literally like run to you, they follow you, and you throw them, you throw them, throw them, throw them. Follow you within a certain oh, yeah. distance of their nest. Yeah, but you're right. I forgot about that. You're correct. It has been a few days since I played it, and you I clearly me. wasn't paying that much attention. But no, so they have that. There's a whole level of that, and of course you can find a little secret pass depending on where you. You can only do so cloud. much when you're in line for Smash Brothers. Yes. And yeah, I mean that's why it's a good thing that you played these games because. Because you didn't. Because yeah. because I'm not gonna, not play Smash Brothers if it's available. Like, yeah, my attitude was my attitude was we taught I've played Smash Brothers. I can play it again when I buy it. I might as well try these other games, and if there's time, double back to Smash. I mean, the first night I played at Con Con Thursday morning, we went. You and me went basically. We were at the Nintendo booth by noon Thursday morning. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, I want to try the other games. But so yeah, there's that. There was yeah, also 
What? Just smash. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. There are also nice little touches, like, you know, in other Yoshi games, you hit the egg block and the egg just shoots out, and this one, the egg block actually, like, opens and the egg comes out. Like, just little things like that. It's just like, oh, this game, like, they really thought it through. And, like, the, it just looks so good. You can actually see, like, the stitching of everything and, like, the holes in the stitching. It... It was, it was very nice. Now, I will say, you can die. It seems like they put a lot of effort into they, it. Ah, they did. They really, uh, they really knit, knit together a good, nope. The fabric of our lives. Fear of the loom. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, um, no, but I, I will say that you can actually die. I did not this time. But, if you, um... If you fall off a platform, if you know, you can get hit. I think it's up to three times. I wasn't really sure, but low. there's no UI with health or anything. There's no HUD display. But sort if you get of. hit, if you get hit, then it pops up above yeah. your character. So you don't really know your health until you need to know your health. But there is health. That's the key thing, because Kirby Epic, you are no health, really. Yeah, it just looks like a little circle surrounding you with hearts. Yes. And but, you can get more. And then that's also how you find out how much health you have. Right, you have right. More. And then uh, and then borrowing from Kirby Epic Yarn, there are gems to collect everywhere. But there's also uh, other things to collect which you need to beat the level, which is more like Yoshi Story style and that sort of thing. Uh, the only other thing worth mentioning is in co-op. Co-op's actually pretty cool. It's kind of like a mix of Mario where, you know, they come in by bubble or in this case by egg if they die and you can revive them. But you can also grab a Yoshi and eat him and turn him into an egg and then throw the Yoshi... And then that Yoshi can go do something on some other platform that you couldn't reach or whatever. It's like a way... And you can also jump off each other to get higher. But it's just kind of another way to get new... You know, find new nooks and crannies. Because the thing about Yoshi games in general is that it's not so much point A to point B. It's exploring as you go point A. Like detouring to C, D, E, and F as you get to point B. And this one this one does that completely. This feels like a Yoshi game. It does not feel like Kirby Epic Yarn with Yoshi in it. It feels straight up like Yoshi. And there's, of course, the nice little touches like Yoshi's running animation or wheels. When he jump, when he flutter jumps, his feet turn into little propellers. Like, it just, it, the game looks great. It has so much personality. I, I'm excited for it. And it is a legitimate game. It's not like an easy street like Kirby's. So, so that's pretty much Yoshi. Um, no real news on Yoshi, actually, at Comic-Con or beyond. So we, I guess we'll just go to the next game now. I'm pretty sure you played this one, too. Did you play Sonic? I played it on the 3DS. Okay, so Sonic Boom was on both Wii U and 3DS. It was at Nintendo's gaming lounges, also over at at Sega's own setup at Nerd HQ, which for those of you that don't know, there's Comic-Con, and across the street from Comic-Con, in Petco Park, the baseball stadium, a whole corridor is taken over by the Nerd Machine, which is an apparel company run by the guy from Chuck, Zachary Levi. And he basically does, like, a mini Comic-Con. He gets big sponsors to show up. He um, does panels with only 300 people, and it's all fan Q&A, so that's pretty cool. You could actually, like, have... Like conversations with these guys, um, and then yeah, Sega was there. So Sega brought Sonic Boom, and they had the Wii U one and the 3DS one, both at Nintendo and there. Uh, I guess we'll talk about the 3D 3DS one first, since we both played it. It was it was the do, did Nintendo have a different demo? Was it just the race to the end mode where it's um, you against a computer? I did I did two different levels. Oh, the one at Nerd HQ was one level only, or it was stuck on that one level or something. And that was the race. Well, when Elvis um tried it, he. Um, it was handed off to him from by a little kid, sure, or someone. And then when he got it, he went to a level, and the game just like glitched out and broke. <laughs> like yeah. there was like text all over. So then he turned it off, and then we were trying to turn it back on. But then like one of the icons just said, um, it said something like it wasn't like a Sonic icon. Like we were seeing like a Sonic demo icon, but it oh, was it's just, probably like, a debug. Yeah, it was like it was just like debug stuff. So we just clicked on one, hoping it would work, and it and I guess eventually it did. So you might be playing but, a level you weren't supposed but, to but play. But then it, and then it let us pick, and then we were like in an overworld, and it let us pick between these two levels, and there was like some other lost ones. Right. So yeah, so we did the race one, and then we did the. 
the explorey adventure. So the race one, and this is what my tweet was based off when I tweet about the game's impressions. The race one is straight up like Sonic Rush, Sonic old school. Yeah, it felt a lot like Sonic Rush. A lot. It's just in three D now, like three D uh, polygon characters as opposed to flat. and a little bit more involved. You have like your A to tether. You have your homing yep. attack, then you have an actual attack attack. Yeah. So it's like, like at one point, um. There's some parts where you have to, like, press A to use your tether to swing across things, and in between that, you have to press B to use your homing attack on something. So, it's like... You're more like Tarzan and less like Sonic. Yeah, it's, yeah. Like, it's like before, you could kind of... Like, your jump was your everything, so you could just do everything with yeah. just the jump button. So, now you actually kind of have to, like, switch between these buttons, so you are a little more active than yeah, the it's average more, game. It almost, like it's a, more involved. it almost had, like, a rhythmic feel to it, like... I mean, it wasn't, like, full-on, like, always on a beat or something, but there's definitely, like, you could get into, like, a groove of sorts with just, like, A, A, B, A, B, A, you know, that sort of thing. And also, like, just from watching it, like, you could never tell Sonic got a redesign. Yeah, the 3DS one, I'm telling you, this is Sonic Rush 3D. Simple as that. Like, it feels like Sonic Rush, with the exception of the button changes, but in terms of how it looks and everything, it's very Sonic Yeah, it was fun. I mean, you could tell this game wasn't rushed. Ha! But uh, if you're wondering where the tethering comes from, it's actually from the Wii U version. He has a lasso, like an electric lasso, which is a very big component of the Wii U one, which I'll get to in a sec. And definitely but, uh, this one, too. Yeah, this one, too. But, like, it's, uh, it's like, tra- it's, he has a scarf now, and he has a lasso. He's Wonder Woman in a scarf as a hedgehog, basically. But, uh, yeah, so the 3DS one, yeah, that felt like Sonic for the most part. How was the second stage, the exploratory stage? Second I stage, that. it was a little, I don't know, it was also fun, like, it definitely was it worked. like battle kind of like Sonic no, Adventure? No, 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 no. It was. <laughs> oh more... my! I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was like um, what game can I compare it to? I guess we'll use loosely, even though I don't really want to use it a lot. Kind of like Yoshi Story, where like some levels were. Wait, was it 2D or 3D? Yeah, it's kind of like Yoshi Story. Is it like... 2D or 3D? Like side scrolling or in into the screen? Side scrolling. Oh, okay. So it was like Yoshi Story 64 where you kind of have like a big map and you just kind of explore around. Oh, Except, so kind of uh, like Woolly World a little. Woolly World reminded me a lot but of the, Yoshi but, Story. I mean, there's definitely like a point A and a point B, but you kind of have to go up, down, left, right, down, sure. sideways. And there is like certain areas that you can't progress through unless you're a different character. And all the characters are accessible on the touchscreen. You just tap Knuckles to turn into Knuckles, tap Tails to turn into Tails, and tap... Um, raccoon girl to turn into raccoon girl, which apparently is not a raccoon. She's a badger. No. She looked like a raccoon. A ferret. No. I thought it was the raccoon from Sonic Rush, but it wasn't. I, if, when I hear a raccoon, I automatically anyway, just jump to rock, uh, rocket now. And so your knuckles, you can dig through some places. Tails, every time you see a fan, you can use tails to go up through the fan. And the mystery animal, <coughs> she has a boomerang that you can control to hit switches from far away. And mm-hmm. I don't know it's it's a lot it's a little slower paced obviously but I don't know, like it, it it changes it up a lot just because you're always switching between characters. It sounds a lot like the Wii U one. The only thing 2D. that is a concern right now is um you, on the touchscreen you could have it on the character select view you could have a map which is actually pretty detailed and you could also have it on your inventory and whatever but when you have it on your map the game runs in super slow motion so maybe that's why I think we could play the other demo. Honestly, I think they're just buggy builds. Because when I played the Wii U version, when I played the Wii U version, there was definitely some glitches. Definitely. Like, me and the the person I was with, um, no one knows who he is, I'm not going to bother his name. But, uh, yeah, we definitely noticed some glitches. Um, but it sounds a lot like the 
It's nothing like the 3DS version that your scar is basically a 2D version of what I played on Wii U. Wii U, they had three stages. They had kind of a Sonic runaround stage, which I guess felt Sonic-y, yeah. Then they had a um, boss fight, and then they had an exploratory stage. And honestly, the whole time I was sitting there playing, I'm like, this is a lot like a PlayStation 2 era platformer, like Jack and Daxter, or even like Crash Bandicoot or something like, or Spyro, which I know I'm going to PS1 here now, but kind of had that vibe. Like when you're exploring, when you're doing stuff, it's somewhat linear path, but you're kind of doing your own thing. You use Sonic's leather or tether lasso thing a lot, like a lot, a lot. Like the boss fight when I got when I did it was strictly lasso. Like you, basically, you pick up these. Ro he's shooting rockets at you. The boss, by the way, is uh, Doctor Eggman or Robotnik. I should probably say, uh, he shoots ro uh, rockets at you. Eventually, the rockets hit the ground. You grab it. You press A, and Sonic will automatically lasso the nearest rocket. Press A again, and he'll spin it and throw it at Robotnik or Eggman. That's about it. You do this like seven times, and then he dies, and that's it. But um, that lasso is seems to be the main gameplay hook in, in Sonic Boom, which is interesting because like Sonic isn't about lassos, you know? Like It never was about lassos. So if I, I understand Sonic Boom's its own thing with its own identity, but it still didn't quite feel right to have lassos everywhere versus, um, versus speed. And his, also his spin dash is strange when you play it in 3D. Like, it's like... It has, like, a very weird curvature. It doesn't feel very quick. Like, it kind of goes wide when you turn, and it just doesn't go all that fast. It doesn't go slow. It just doesn't go fast. So there's definitely... It definitely is a new take on Sonic. It's a pretty fun... If you just look at it as, like, a standard, like, 3D action-adventure platformer, it's pretty fun, minus the glitches. But if you look at it as, like, a Sonic game, you're gonna be, like... I guess it's kind of like Sonic Adventure, but also kind of not. Like, it's... It's its own beast, that's for sure. But it's, um... I enjoyed it, but I don't think it'd be a game I'd pick up. Like, I enjoyed the demo. I had fun with it, but it's definitely not a game I'd pick up. I would say, I will say, though, that they make fun of his scarf, which is pretty good. They realize people, I guess they realize fans thought the scarf was stupid. Because when, uh, when you defeat Eggman, the first thing he says is, nice scarf, like all, like, you know, angry. Which I think is a nod to the fans that were all upset that Sonic now wears a scarf for no apparent reason. And yes, Knuckles looks ridiculous, as he does in the artwork. Yep, but it's not like again. It's not like a bad game. It's just like not Sonic in the way you're used to it. So if you want, to try, if you want something new, it's certainly and you want something that's kind of a throwback to like, you know, 3D platformers from a generation ago. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. I mean just that type of 3D platformer it definitely captures that vibe pretty well. It's just I'm not sure why there are lassos everywhere. I guess. So there's really not much else to say about Sonic Boom. Um, I mean there are the different characters that have the different traits. But you pretty much ran through them with the 3DS, and it's similar on Wii U. So, uh, I guess the other thing worth mentioning is they now have release dates. Uh, Sonic on 3DS, which is Sonic Boom Shattered Crystal, coming out November 11th. And then the Wii U version, which is Rise of Lyric, comes out on November 18th. And yes, they are definitely tied into a cartoon, because the humor is total, like, kids' cartoon humor in the cutscenes. But what I find weirder about those release dates than anything else is why on earth would they send the Wii U version to die? Three days before Pokemon and presumably Smash Bros. Guys, released it on the same day as November as uh, the 3DS version. Like, rush your developers or something. I get like you're not gonna sell if you come out that or close. Or might as well postpone it. Or release it in December or something. Like that's just that's a death wish. I hope that's not the case because this is an exclusive Wii U game from a third party. It's like then it's gonna be with the whole like oh it didn't sell well. Yeah, <laughs> but then again, Sonic Lost World didn't sell super well at first, and then later on started selling better and actually sold a decent number of the now. So really, yeah, I think so. I think it sold like half a million, quarter of a million. 
which isn't insanely good. It had a no. slow start. Yeah, but then it got... And Sega's like, gotta go fast the whole time, and then finally it sped up. Huh. That, was my, that was my Sonic reference. Do you see what I did there? I, I referenced gotta go fast. Anyway, that's pretty much it for impressions from what we played, but there was other news... Sony S Remax is getting a retail release? Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. There, are other, there was other news that came out at Comic-Con, including, like you said, NES Remix is now getting a retail release. Man, good thing I waited. Yeah, good. I'm annoyed I didn't wait. So basically, it wasn't playable at Comic-Con, but during Nintendo's oh, Twitch stream... <laughs> They announced NES Remix Pack, which is already out in Japan. Mm, it's NES Remix. I think I've redeemed my platinum reward. You have Target. We'll get to that. We'll talk about that. Not you personally, just the, no. Just because I almost got Remix. Well, now don't. Yeah. We'll talk about that later in the whole uproar over that. But uh, yeah, NES Remix. It's already out in Japan. The one and two combo pack, and it does come with the Super Luigi Bros. mode, that ROM hack where everything's going the opposite way in green. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting that they're doing this. I think. It's coming out this holiday. There's no price yet. I imagine it'd be thirty because each game's fifteen. But what I find kind of interesting is that Nintendo has, seems to be lately be taking a lot of their most successful eShop games and putting them on disc and releasing them in retail. I mean, we saw it with Wii Sports Club just this past week. Wii Sports Club just came out on disc. Granted, it could be a different situation. I mean, they might have rushed. The whole reason they might have done Wii Sports Club is this weird experiment of subscription-based game, and you can get one sport now and one sport later, and you can play by pay by the day. I suspect it's because the game wasn't done, but they needed to beef up their lineup last holiday. So, like, you know what? Let's just put out golf and bowling and call it a day. I wonder if all along Wii Sports Club was supposed to be a five-game retail package and if they just kind of toyed with it in development to ensure that they could keep, you know, keep people playing or something. But, but in this case, NES Remix was definitely never supposed to be a retail package. The first game was like a guy on his own just like, hey, I want to try doing ROM hacks, and it made a game out of it with a very small team at Nintendo, and then they were surprised by how well it did and made a sequel. Like, it wasn't, from my understanding, it was not supposed to be retail at any point. So I'm starting to wonder if, like, I guess Nintendo's just figuring if it's popular on the eShop, it has a chance at mass market in, re- in stores. Because, you, you know, you walk in Best Buy, they don't have a download NES Remix card. So this is probably a way to get those people in. Well, but so, it sucks for people like me. So, so who what buy is it going to mean in the future? Like a lot of like they're going to lose maybe like a hundred or so sales every time just because those people they're going to be like, oh no, it's going to come out later. Other yeah, they're kind of they're kind of not even worried. It's going to come out later. Yeah, like are they one day going to do a pushmo collection? I'm just saying they could. You never know. They could port them all to Wii U on one disc. They won't. Or port or downport to three. Yeah, I guess they won't because it's on two systems. But it's just like. It is kind of, they are risking, like, alienating fans a little. Because, like, in my case, I bought NES Remix 1, haven't bought NES Remix 2, and I'm like, well, do I buy the retail thing? Because I love having physical games over digital games because I like having a collection. I mean, they could do the opposite but, of what you said for 3DS. They could have 1 and 2 and 1 on a 3DS yeah, card. Yeah, they could. Yeah, for, like, 20 bucks or something, or 30 bucks. Like, there are, it's a good way to fill the lineup when it has, we, when it doesn't have many games. Like, Wii Sports Club, there's nothing out this summer, but now there's Wii Sports Club that just came out. Which I've been promoting, by the way. I've it was not supposed seen... to be Smash Brothers. Yeah, well, next month, yeah. No, for for the summer, remember? Yeah, August. Oh. I assumed all along, but maybe July, yeah. But uh, yeah, so they, they now have Wii Sports Club kind of filling that void. So I wonder if these are stop gaps, or if they're mass market attempts, or if it's just Nintendo deciding to alienate fans unintentionally. Because like you know, like I was saying in my case, like I have Remix One. I don't know if I want to spend thirty just to get Remix Two, but I do like the idea of a physical box so conflicted so I'll probably not buy it on anything now because I, I don't know but it's it's yeah it's kind of a kind of a weird situation and um it wasn't actually the only news out of Comic Con either Activision had some news that led to some kind of weird reactions too 
And this is more just like a, a warning shot for what could happen with Amiibo. And that's that Skylanders. They're coming out with Trap Team in the fall. And that's the one where you can reverse port, like reverse send your characters. You could not only have them go in the game, but you can have them come into the toy as well. And it like lights up and everything in a trap, so to speak. And what they're doing now is they announced Dark Edition. Where in November, not only can you get normal Skylanders, you can also get this Dark Edition where um, it comes with Chaos, the bad guy, as a playable character. You get a figurine of him, a special limited edition, only in the bundle figurine. They'll sell a separate one that's slightly smaller in stores, but if you want this giant one, only in the bundle. And it comes with black and white variants of all the normal characters. Like, you know, grayscaled ones. So, now if you're... Let's say you're a Skylanders collector. Personally, I don't care about Skylanders. But let's say you're a Skylander, Skylanders collector. Now you not only have to buy the normal edition and all the individual toys, but you now have to go either buy the game a second time for 100 bucks, or go scour eBay and try and find these and hope someone else is selling them. But the whole point of this is to be collectible. So these are going to be overpriced or hard to come by. It's just like, I hope Nintendo doesn't no, no, do this with I, Amiibo. I think, I, th I think it's okay. And oh, it's not, it's not well, horrible. No, no, I, from no. Activision's point, it makes no, perfect no, no, no. marketing well, sense. Well, I mean, like... Because, I mean, even within collectors, like, I mean, you kind of decide exactly what you want to collect. Like, sure, like, like me, for example, like, I I buy a ton of, like, Ninja Turtle toys. Sure. But, um, I usually make a rule myself, like, okay, like, I know Playmates makes a ton of stupid turtles that are like, oh, here's Space Turtles, Aqua Turtles, right. um, Prehistoric Turtles, and, like, so, for the most part, like, I just stick to whatever came out. If it came out in a TV, in an, in an episode, I'll get it. But that's a lot easier. What if you're a guy that collects no, but Skylanders? No, but, no, but for Skylanders, like, let's say if I, if I personally was collecting Skylanders, I would just collect the, the the standard version of every character as they come out in the game. So, I would just get one regular Spyro, one regular whatever. I wouldn't really bother with any variants because I just want one of each to be perfect. What about something like this, where the Chaos character, the only easy way to get him is in this bundle? You can buy a toy separately, but that's going to be a limited run. If you want to ensure, you can get... And it's a different size completely, and it looks different. So if you want the one that comes with the bundle, which is like the real one, because that's the one for in-game, you now have to get the bundle. What do you do then? Well, no, it depends. Like, well, I guess it depends on how easy I can get the other one. I mean, if right. I can get the other one, I'll just get the other one. I guess. But see, you, you have rules and stuff. Like, some people are completists. And Skylanders, if you start a Skylanders collection with the first game, that was easy. You buy the first set. That's like, oh, they make Skylanders Giants? Okay, do I buy Giants or not? You just well, I mean, it. if you're being a completist and, like, doesn't this <coughs> Skylander figure give you the same benefits as the other Skylander figure that's alternate That's not being a completist, though. Being a completist would be having both. No, what you said, I mean, like, um, for the purposes of the game. Oh, yeah, they're the same. Oh, Right. Yeah, but I'm just thinking like if it's someone who early on is like I'm just gonna collect every Skylander, oh. then they have to deal with buying giant ones, which is okay. Well, I mean, then they have to deal with buying. Now they have to deal with multicolored. If you're saying that, or if someone is saying that, then they pretty much go in knowing full well that there's gonna be a stupid amount of toys to collect. Yeah, but so, if anything, I guess my point was, did we expect Activision to milk I mean, it quite like this? Well, I mean, they've already been doing like gold versions of toys, silver versions of toys. There's some toys that are exclusive only versions of. Toys. Sure, but they don't make you buy the game twice. This is literally the game again. You can only get them if you buy this Dark Edition. $100 for the game and the figure. I guess it would only That's what I'm saying is kind of weird. Well, I mean, I guess it would only suck if they offered the game with a different bundle. With they do. different characters. They do, sort of. Oh, different characters. Yeah. Basically, how it works right now is Trap Team comes out in October. Like basically, like, I mean... Because that means you can still buy this bundle with those characters and still get all the other characters. I don't have to buy two completely different bundles that both come with the game with different characters. Well, Chaos is the different character, the bad guy. Yeah. But I, I see your point. But I guess 
I don't know. It just rubbed... Again, I'm not a Skylander collector, so I don't care about that this much, but what this made me think of... I mean, it is just something else that they have to worry about. Yeah, it, A, it makes me think of... This reminds me a lot of when they started milking Guitar Hero. A lot. When they started releasing multiple ones a year. Like, okay, so they're like, hey, check out the new Sky... You know, check out the new Trap Team. You could go buy it October 5th or whatever. By the way, that same day, check out this other new Trap Team. It's the same as that Trap Team, but if you want both figurines, if you want Chaos with your Trap Team, you gotta buy both. Like, it just gets messy. And what I'm worried about is that made me think that Nintendo has gone on record saying they're going to release characters, you know, the same characters from multiple games. Like, there'll be a Mario that's better, you know, a Mario Party Mario versus a Smash Bros. Mario. And they will work on either one, but they will be different and have exclusive things. So imagine if Nintendo went one step further and started doing character variations, which is essentially what this is, I would like to see for Party individual versions games. of characters. Right, but let's say they do Mario Party 10. And they say, okay, here's the Mario Party 10 characters, and here's happy-go-lucky Mario, and then here's, like, Bowser beat me Mario, and he's sad. Like, once they start releasing all these variants of Amiibos just to get more money in it because of cash grab and not as much of a, like... Like, right now, Amiibos seem perfectly reasonable, but if they start going down the Skylanders path, I feel like it's gonna... It's, uh, it's, it could get bad quickly in terms of just trying to complete a set if you're a collector. Yeah. That, that was what... When I saw this, I'm like, that doesn't bode well for Amiibos. So I guess it'll be interesting to see if Dark Edition sells well. Because that'll probably determine how Nintendo handles Amiibos. But, because, you know, I'm sure Nintendo's watching Skylanders extremely, extremely closely. There's no way they aren't. That's how they made Amiibos in the first place. So, it, it'll, it'll be interesting. But I, I just thought it was kind of a weird move by Activision. Because this, this screams of when they were milking Guitar Hero. Just the idea of, like, oh, you have to buy all these different things now, and then people will get tired of it, and then they won't buy it anymore, and then it'll be a flop, and they'll kill the industry for a few we- for a few years, like you did with, guitar- with music games. The year after music games, like, died, the industry went through, like, a huge, like, downward turn of sales and stuff. Because, you know, those... Like a mini video game crash? Essentially, because, like, those, you know, the kits were, like, 130 bucks if you wanted the whole, like, rock band, like, drum set or whatever. And then when they started milking it, it was, like, four games a year between yeah, the two franchises. Every apartment in college did have one. Yeah, I mean, I saw my guitar here, guitar. But, so hopefully, hopefully, uh, Activision plays safe, and hopefully, at least for me... Nintendo plays even safer with Amiibos. It is worth knowing one cool thing Activision is doing with Skylanders is cross-buy. If you buy the Wii version of Skylanders Trap Team, you will get a download code for the Wii U version for free. It seems like Nintendo's... Pro- I'm guessing Nintendo's probably pushing them to do that so people upgrade to Wii U and don't feel like they're losing their Skylanders because parents are probably going to be less inclined to do it if their kid... You know, they're probably going to be less inclined to buy a Wii U if they just bought Skylanders for their kid and it doesn't work on the new system. So they're kind of future-proofing. Huh. It's smart. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if we see Nintendo do that with more like di- you know with Disney Infinity and stuff going forward huh. as well. Huh. Indeed. Um, but going back to Nintendo and stepping away from Comic Con completely, there was some Pokemon Omega Ruby. I wouldn't say completely because I mean, people was... cosplay in Comic Con. Okay. Well done. There was some Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire news. Specifically, Pikachu's into cosplay. If you didn't know. He's a cosplayer, or she is a cosplayer, and um, the reason Pikachu's cosplaying is because X and Y, Pokemon X and Y's Pokemon Ami mode has been confirmed for Ruby and Sapphire, which I don't think comes as a surprise to anyone, and um, what comes with it is a bit of a surprise, and that's cosplaying Pikachu. So players will not only be able to, you know, Nintendog it up with their own Pokemon, they won't, you know, do the stuff to get the friendship up, to get better attack stats or battle stats and whatnot they'll also be able to do it with this cosplay pikachu they meet in the game and this is kind of a crossover with the original ruby and sapphire's um contest halls where you could dress up pokemon and do all that stuff they were that was in ruby and sapphire's Wait, so you can't use these these pikachus in battle you know i'm not sure all i know is that the, the idea behind it is it, it 
ties into the contest hall. But I don't know what you can do with these Pikachus once you have them. Hmm. Uh, and it's all one Pikachu, by the way. It just dresses in different oh, things. Yeah. For example, here are some of the costumes. I'm just going to read the names that Nintendo put out in the world, like in their press release. There's Pikachu Rockstar, Pikachu Bell, which I kid you not is a Southern Bell Pikachu, like a Pikachu in like a pink dress with a big bow, probably drinking a, uh, a mint julep or something. Uh, there's Pikachu Popstar, Pikachu PhD. That's probably going to be the best one. And uh, Pikachu Libre, which I assume is a Mexican wrestler Pikachu. Like Nacho Libre or any Libre like that. I don't know why I jumped to Nacho Libre, which is spoofing Libres, which are like, like an actual thick. Yeah, point being, you, you really can't make this stuff up. There's a whole cosplaying segment in a Pokemon game. So um, in terms of actual Pokemon news beyond that, which is awesome, by the way. In terms of actual Pokemon news beyond that, the only thing Pokemon companies said as of late is they're continuing to confirm some Mega Evolutions. Um, right now, though, that... It is Metagross, right? That's how you say it. Metagross. 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 I got it right. Metagross. Metagross. Yeah. Metagross or Metagross? You just said both. I never said Metagross. I oh. only said Metagross. Metagross. That's what I thought. You're putting words in my mouth, Jason. I know. Metagross has a Mega Evolution now, and, belong and it belongs not just to anyone, but to the Pokemon champion, Steven, in Ruby and Sapphire, and... Yeah. So, I don't know why they would tell you why the Pokemon in the last opponent's team, but there you go. Spoiler alert. I didn't think anyone could have figured that out. Because, I mean, in X and Y, key characters have Mega Evolutions. And Ruby and Sapphire, Steven was a very key character who studied, like, stones and whatever. Yeah, he was. And his and his signature Pokemon was a Metagross. So it just seems odd that they would announce that one among the first ones. Well, cause, I, mean, I guess it's a remake. That's well, probably why well, they Well, because, care. I mean, he's not like an Elite Four character. He's not like a villain. I mean, he's your yeah. final fight. He's the champion. You beat him to become champion. Yeah, but... It's kind of weird for him to be like, by the way, here's his lineup. We'll see you in three months. I don't know. I think they should have eased in and done like a gym leader or so, or the team, whatever they are in this game, leader. Not Rocket. I forgot they are. Aqua and Magma. Yeah, Aqua and Magma. You know, something like that. But regardless, his, Met his Metagross um, basically has up speed... More powerful physical attacks by way of a tough claws, um, thing. I don't know. I guess ability is yeah. the word I'm looking for. It just makes all physical attacks hit harder. Yeah, because yep. he has tough claws, so you can just hit with them if you're taking it literally. Uh, but yeah, so that that's one thing they revealed. The other is leading up to Omega and Alpha's November twenty first release. Nintendo's actually gonna be distributing a Deance 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 Deance. And uh, to X and Y players at GameStop's nationwide events coming up in the fall. Funny, and if you people then have had that Pokemon for a long. Oh yeah, because they like they like tricked the game into yeah. giving it to them. But now it's officially coming out. And if they then take the official one that's coming out, which is probably the same, and transfer it into Omega and Alpha, when those come out, it, it can become a Mega Evolution. Yeah, and it's silly because like people are like asking for like ridiculous things to trade for it, and even though like it'll be so common, like, in, like, like a they month. could just wait. It's almost like inflation and all that. Yeah, it's gonna be super common in like a month or two. It is worth knowing, though, that it actually has a really cool Mega Evolution ability. This one actually... This one, if you were like, oh, that, that's actually kind of cool. If you do any sort of effect attack, like status condition attack on it or anything, it'll just reflect it right back at the Pokemon that did it. So if you're like, I'm going to put you to sleep or whatever, next thing you know, your Pokemon's asleep. Yep, so. It's kind of a clever... I, I think that one's kind of cool. I don't know why. I just, I just like it. But, oh, yeah. Uh, no, it's cool. It, it's different. Um, it's not different. It's been around forever. Well, I mean, it's different than most versus like, up this, down that. It actually does... Like, so many Mega Evolution things are, like, more powerful like, um, physical like, attack, better speed, lower, de you know, higher defense, and this one's, like, actually well, doing no, well, something. Well, 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 I mean, like, all Pokemon, when they Mega Evolve, have a statue, it's like, Mega Sableye also gets that same magic bounce ability. Oh, okay, yeah. No, but it, uh, my point still stands that's better than just more powerful physical attack or something. It's actually, like, 
it's like a mirror basically it's different how many pokemon have ones that just like do like an, a thing versus just like upping or downing a like tough claw is all metagross has that's it he doesn't have anything like this that's what i meant that makes sense no, yeah, well, I mean, well, I mean they're, they're all good and bad. I mean, not every Pokemon that uses status effects. So it, it could potentially also be useless if you're fighting True. a Pokemon that doesn't even try to and, status and, you. And now that I think about it, I don't so even tend to use status effects. I just so go it's kind of the, a wasted ability. So yeah, I just kind of go for the kill, so to speak. Like, when yeah. I play, I don't even, like, do, like, go sleep or paralyze. I just, like, go in and attack, attack, attack. Yeah. But, I mean, it, it is good that more Pokemon are having this ability. Because before this, only, like, Espeon, I remember, people even bothering to use with mm-hmm. this ability. Mm-hmm. So, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Another remake in the news. Now I'm just rapid-fire news here. Trine. The original, as you recall, it was a la- Trine 2 was a launch title for the Wii U, and now Frostbite is bringing Trine 1 to the Wii U in the form of Trine 2, if that makes sense. Basically, they're remaking Trine 1 using the Trine 2 engine. So it's coming to Wii U sometime. It's already out on PC. It's coming to Wii U sometime in so the future. So they figured it was just worth a trying? It was just worth a trying, yeah. Well, no, they found out that the first game, the first release, Trine 2, was worth the trying, and now they're trying again mm. trying again uh yeah so this one it's the same game in terms of graphics as trying to but gameplay wise they enhanced what was in the original with new checkpoints and um three player online co-op Ooh. so i believe trying to did not have that on Wii U. It did not have three so that's a pretty co-op. big that's a <laughs> that's a pretty big addition this time around so i don't know you you were you enjoyed the original the, yeah i beat it the original sequel trying to uh so you gotta get this one you think um, it's more of the same, but with online co-op. Or, sorry, online co-op, as you put it. I don't know. I mean, it was more fun to... Oh, well, I mean, in general, for me, it's more fun to play these games locally. Sure. So You have the Nintendo philosophy on multiplayer. Well, I mean, just because we grew up with it. I mean, right. it depends on how early you how early you adopted PC gaming. How yeah. It affects that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, if my brother's willing to play, play it with me, then I'll probably get it. That makes sense. And we still have to get through... Guacamelee. Well, this isn't coming out to like end of the year, next year, or something like that. Oh, so geez. you have time. So, yeah. Then I don't know the exact release date, but I know it's later in the year at the earliest. But one final bit of game news, like I said, we're rapid fire now. One final bit of game news is out of Japan, and it's Fail Frame. It's coming to Wii U. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Uh, why are we snapping? Uh, the picture? Fatal Frame? Oh, time. oh, snap. Wow, I didn't even pick up on that one, which is sad because I know it involves a camera. Man. Okay, so this new one... I, I shudder. I... You're making me pale as you're a You're losing go- your no. focus? I'm losing my focus. I'm lo- you're on fire right now. <laughs> you, we, you deserve a medal of some sort. I'm trying to find a way to use aperture, but I'll, I can't... I, I mean, uh, like, you're just pumping these out, like, just, like, in a flash. See what I did there? Do you see what I did there? Yeah. In a flash? In a flash? Anyway, so this new... <laughs> so Fail Frame is now almost a Nintendo second-party franchise. Like, Tecmo Koei works exclusively with Nintendo on these, and Nintendo publishes them. So for this later, this latest one, it's subtitled The Raven-Haired Shrine Maiden, which is, like, the most mouthful of a title. That's the translated title. And um, it's set on a mountain where the worlds of the living and the dead kind of collide, and it's Wait, all about... for U.S., or it's just It's game... only confirmed in Japan. Oh, okay. But... So uh, it just exists right now. It's coming out in September in Japan, yeah. Uh, the only reason it's worth mentioning is because Nintendo's probably going to bring it here because they don't really have much else these days, you know? Like, what, I mean, the Wii U could do... They do need more horror-themed games. They do. Nintendo has the great opportunity to build out a little niche, mature lineup for Wii U. Is Zombie U the only game on the Wii U that fits that genre? Horror? Yeah. Wow. But just Resident Evil Revelations. 
is also on Wii U. Yeah, but that's a remake. But still, it's there. Yeah. yeah. But what I was going to say is they could very easily carve out a nice little niche in mature tiles and Fail Frame would fit right in. So I'd be shocked if they didn't bring it over. Because, you know, they have Bayonetta 2 coming out. Then they have Devil's Third next year. They have Xenoblade X, which is a little more mature skewing. They could definitely build out a nice little lineup here. So if it doesn't come out, that's a big oversight in Nintendo's part. But what what the game has, um, that I was starting to say, is all of its creep factor, all its storyline has to do with water. Water is the new creepy thing. So creepy dripping water everywhere and like water monsters and demons and whatnot. Gameplay-wise, it's pretty much what you expect from Fail Frame. You're kind of looking around, taking photos of things. The gamepad naturally is your camera. You move it around in a 3D space, vertical, horizontal, whatever, and capture ghosts with it. That's pretty much all we know at this point. The trailer they released looked to be all um, cutscene. Not really much. There's a little gameplay at the very tail end, but if I remember correctly, but I saw it like two weeks ago. But uh, yeah, it's it's something that Nintendo probably wants to get here to the U.S. at some point. And it, I don't know. I think I've never actually played a Fail Frame, so if they bring it over, I might consider it. I'm just in gameplay, but oh, it looks it's like Resident Evil with a camera. It, it looks interesting. Yeah, it looks interesting. And it's cool just to see Nintendo gameplay of Fatal Frame. Looks interesting. Yeah, I don't not know this where... one in particular. I gotcha. Yeah. And also, it's just like, it's nice that Nintendo's keeping such a strong bond with a third party like Tecmo Koei because that means more games from them in the future, which Nintendo could always use. Yeah. Similar to how they have such a good bond with Sega. But uh, that pretty much does it for game news. However, this year's Club Nintendo Rewards sucked. Yeah, what? Not that this year's Club Nintendo Rewards sucked. Yeah, that, that was the thing I wanted to touch on before we get to our final bit of news of the sales court. You mentioned it already about the Club Nintendo, but yeah, it's... They announced it uh, like a week ago, and for the first time ever since the launch of Club Nintendo, there are no physical rewards, which is kind of lame. Instead, it's all games. Games many of us already have, in fact. Let me just run down. For those who haven't seen it or didn't get Elite Status Reward, which is how you get this, like Platinum or Gold Membership Status, here's what you can get. If you're Platinum, you get Donkey Kong Country Truck... Trop- wow. Donkey Kong Country Truck Truck. I guess they're saying Tropical Freeze. Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D... Dylan Drawing Western, Dr. Luigi, Earthbound, Fluidity Spin Cycle, Game of Wario, Mario and Donkey Kong Maze on the Move, and NES uh, Remix are what are available to Platinum. Any of one of those. Any one of those. If you're gold, you get these. And Platinum could choose one of these if they want instead. Donkey Kong Country 3, Kid Icarus, Ice Climber, Metroid, Super Mario Bros., Super Mario Bros. Land 2, or wow, Super Mario Land 2, I can't read, six golden coins, uh, Wario Land 2, and Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. So if you're, if you're gold, if you get 300 coins, which is a decent amount of game purchases, all Nintendo does is throw you a bone with the virtual console game. If you're Platinum, they give you like a year to two year old eShop games. I'll or a if, virtual I'll console I'll be if you don't have some, if you don't have most of these games, like, and you were Platinum, like Donkey Kong Country 3D, it's actually pretty cool. Yeah. If you don't have it, or Game & Wario, like there's some like, there's some legit ones th- Yeah, there. there's, some, there's some good ones in there. But the thing that bothers me, probably gonna end up getting Dylan. I don't know what I'm going to get. I was thinking Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D, but then, like, I have Returns on the Wii. Maybe I'll get Fluidity Spin Cycle. I've never played Fluidity. But that's only, like, $15 versus a $40 or a $30 game. Like, if I mean, not I, I, guess if, I guess if you want to get the bang for your buck, but... Yeah, I don't know. That's the thing. But the, I, I really have two primary issues with this as a whole, though. Uh-oh. First up, there's a lot of people who own a lot of these games already. We own a lot Nintendo of these knows. games. Nintendo knows. Nintendo knows this. That's the problem. Nintendo Club Nintendo tracks this stuff, and they know. Why on earth can't they do personalized recommendations if they're going to go this route? Or if that's too much work, just give us eShop credit. Just go, here's 30 bucks for the eShop. Go wild. I feel like that would go over better. Fans would go, oh, how lazy of Nintendo. But at the same time, be like, cool, I could buy whatever I want. 
That would have been... Or use it towards whatever I want. Or use it towards whatever I want. And Nintendo might make even more money because someone could be like, I could go buy... A $50 game. Yeah, I'm going to buy Assassin's Creed for 60 bucks. Half of it from Nintendo, but the other half was actual money probably, that was spent. I mean, if they did that, probably buy Revelations just to have it in each. Oh, for Wii? For, for Wii, Wii U? Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah, but so that's issue number one. Is Nintendo, you know what we have, why would you limit the selection? E- either give us the gift card or match it or something. Or maybe they took that into consideration and these were the least. These are the least popular. Game. Well, Game of Wario, I can believe. Game of Wario bombed. Uh, the second issue I have, though, is under. Okay, first. I understand why they went digital. Let's be fair, Nintendo. It does save them a lot of money on shipping costs. It does avoid them having to spend a lot of money making things that fans are going to go, well, this is lame. I want a statue, and all you gave me was a CD, which is what happened last year. Or, you know, when they make printing errors on their calendars, on the gold member calendars, and they they have to redo it every year. Should have given us that um, Mario 3D World jazz soundtrack. Yeah, but that's what what I was going to say, is if they're trying to save money, why don't they just do exclusive digital gifts? Give us the MP3s to that soundtrack in 320 kilobits. Give us, uh, you know, bitrate. Give us uh, an exclusive game. For example, they did the Doc Lewis punch-out thing a couple years ago for Club Nintendo where you got to fight Doc Lewis only if you were in Club Nintendo. That was a platinum reward. They could do something like that. You get they that could... or a hat. You had a choice between right. two decent gifts. Well, right. I, I thought the hat was amazing. The game, I thought, was like whatever. The game was kind of cool. I got the game. But, um... Yeah, like, they could do something like that where they give you... Even if they don't give you the hat option, just being like, here's an exclusive game. Or in Japan this past year... Club Nintendo Platinum members got Advanced Wars Days of Ruin, the DS game. Never released in Japan for whatever reason. So Nintendo translated anyway, put on as an eShop download, like a... It was for DS, but they put it on the 3DS eShop, only accessible by code, and then gave the code out to Club Nintendo members. Wow. Why not do that? They've done localization, or they've done imports. Sin and Punishment comes to mind. They could do something like that. Like, again, that doesn't require much... They didn't. No. But that's what I was going to say, is they don't have to translate if they're lazy. Just give us a game that doesn't need translation. There are ways around this, and Nintendo took literally the most lazy approach. Like, if they're going to do a reward program, they should probably do it right. And it's just it's kind of, like, half-ass. But, I mean, I guess on the flip side of that, to Nintendo's credit, they've been awesome outside of Club Nintendo. I mean, the Mario Kart promotion, where you got one of four free games, that was mm-hmm. great. You have till August 1st. It's now not August 1st yet. August I 1st is Friday. I probably get on that. I already got mine. I got We Party You. Anyway... Well, uh, so they have, have all the games. Yeah. Aren't you selling your code or something? No. I may end up just giving it away. I don't know. That's nice of you. But yeah, so they did that promotion. Well, they did that before yeah. the time went out. But, but uh, yeah, you need to do that before Friday. But so, you know, that's one thing they did. They did that. They also did like, um, they gave a free copy of Pokemon if you bought a 3DS and, a certain, and one of select games in March. They are doing the digital dux, deluxe promotion to the end of the year where you get money back every time you download. Nintendo's not being stingy. In general, just being stingy with their most loyal fans on Club Nintendo. Which, on the one hand, from a marketing perspective, they already caught us. They already got us. We're in their net. They don't need to worry about us. So we're not going to go anywhere, even if we're upset about this. But on the flip side, kind of, don't you want to reward your biggest fans a little? I, I don't know. It's just it's a, it's a weird year for Club Nintendo. And I would not be surprised if all physical rewards, even the ones for coins, get phased out completely for digital games. I guarantee you, within the next two years, there won't be any physical rewards. Maybe until Nintendo starts... Being profitable, I guess. Yeah, probably. But so, um, so that, that was my thought. Was there anything you wanted to add, or? No, I pretty much said everything. Probably yeah. just gonna get Dylan. That's it. Yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna get, but I'll figure it out. The other, the last bit of news, and to conclude our episode, we do have Jason Sales Corner with June MPD numbers. Uh, so once again, for those uh, for those that may not be as aware, MPD numbers are the charts for the U.S. sales of video game systems and games only the U.S. 
just to be clear, so if these numbers seem small, it's U.S. only. So with that said, as a whole, the industry actually did pretty good in uh, June. Industry sales were up 24% year-over-year, driven by next-gen sales, including Wii U, which I'll get to. Wii U saw a huge, huge growth this month, as well as um, the continued strong sales of some late May releases like Watch Dogs and Mario Kart 8. Watch Dogs actually managed to sell, since it launched at the end of May, it has sold over 8 million copies worldwide. Wow. Yeah, that's kind of insane. Uh, Mario Kart, on the other hand, here in the U.S., has sold a combined physical and digital total of 885,000 units just in the U.S., Jeez. which is pretty good for a system that only has a couple million people in the U.S. playing it. Selling that many, that's a high attach rate. That's like almost, it's probably like a 40% attach rate, which is pretty good for a game that, you know, doesn't come out with the launch of the system or anything. Uh, but, um, what you say? It's worth knowing that for June, specifically, Mario Kart was actually the highest selling SKU, the highest selling SKU. What that means is um, it wasn't the top game on the chart of the top 10 because it's only on one system. But if you look at, like, Watch Dogs came in number one. But if you look at, like, Watch Dogs on PS3 versus Mario Kart on Wii versus Watch Dogs on Xbox 360, Mario Kart was actually the top-selling individual game of any game in June with, four hundred, like, like I said, 470,000 units. So that that was pretty good. It's cool to see Mario Kart do so well, even on a, on a system that doesn't sell that great. Um, but I should mention that thanks in large part be to Mario Kart 8, the Wii U actually did sell pretty well in June. Software-wise, sales rose by 373% here in the U.S. In the U.K., it went even higher by 479%. And that's compared this June to last June. So that's a huge jump. You don't see numbers quadruple or almost five-fold or, you know, quadruple or triple or go five-fold or anything like that on a regular basis. Granted, if you're going from, like, 10 to 50, you know, if you're going from a really small number to a slightly bigger number, it's a little easier, but it's still insane numbers. And uh, there's definitely a ripple effect of that, too. That software, those software sales going so high aren't strictly Mario Kart. Some other games are starting to sell better as a result. For example, it's not a huge number, but Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, last month it had, since it came out, from February to May, it sold 258,000 units. Then, from February to June, that number jumped up to 285,000 units. So something like, let's do some rapid-fire math, shall we? Uh... I don't want to do that math. Somewhere in the like low twenty thousand people bought additional. Um, did I do that math right? Fifty. Fifty-eight to eighty-five. Yeah, like low twenties. Fifty-eight, sixty-eight, seventy-eight, eighty-five. Yeah. Anyway, so some, some, some twenty thousand some odd people went and bought Donkey Kong in June alone, which is weird for a game that's been out for like five months. So I think it's a ripple effect of Mario Kart, which is a good thing. But, uh, I mean, it's not huge. It just shows that, you know, Mario Kart's bringing everyone up with it a little. Hardware-wise, Mario Kart brought up the Wii U a lot. 233% jump in sales. It went from selling 43,000 units last June in 2013 to 140,000 units this June. 140,000 is a perfectly respectable number. I never thought I would say the Wii U is spelling a perfectly respectable... Is spelling... Is selling a perfectly respectable number. Granted, it's not astronomical. PS4 in June may actually sell 269,000 units. Xbox One sold 197,000 units. But, you know, it's certainly in the right direction for Wii U, going up by that much. It's only a couple, you know, it's only a few tens of thousands behind uh, Xbox now, 50,000 behind Xbox now, opposed to being like 100,000 behind Xbox. So that's a good sign. Um, and by the way, these numbers I'm spouting off are all 100% legitimately accurate numbers. They're not leaks that people are like hinting, oh, it might be between this range and that range. A site literally just posted screenshots of the NPD charts, like straight out of the Excel file that NPD sends around. 
So these are completely accurate numbers for yeah. once. We never get those, so it's kind of a nice treat. Um, and it is, and, and with those numbers actually came the life-to-date sales of all of the consoles. So in case you're wondering where Wii U stands in the U.S. versus competitors, uh, PS4 is the number one selling next-gen system. It's managed to move 3.6 million units since it came out in November. Xbox One is at 2.9 million units since it came out in November. And Wii U, which came out uh, November, like many Novembers ago, is at 2.5 million units. So it's definitely doing the worst of the three, but it's not that far behind Xbox One, and hopefully Mario Kart can help keep it in the running with Xbox One, even though it did have another year, and in theory should be much higher. But uh, that, that 2.5 million also shows you just how many people have Mario Kart. 885,000 out of 2.5 million already on Mario Kart on Wii U. Dang. Yeah, it's a pretty hefty chunk. So um, Mario Kart is helping drive some sales? Yeah, it is helping drive some sales. It's helping... Uh, no other pun there. Hopefully, hopefully the, the those sales don't hit the brakes though, because uh, Nintendo's banking on see banking like banking a turn is banking on um, Mario Kart 8 continuing so well. They believe pretty confidently that this momentum we're seeing with Mario Kart 8, where it's boosting Wii U sales, will keep going all summer long and will help the Wii U sales stay up all summer. They're long. They're hoping to cruise. I mean, they're hoping yeah, they're hoping to be on cruise control with these sales. Mm. Yeah, but uh, the and I mean, it, you're, you you can kind of see it when we were at Comic Con. Half of their booth, not like half, but the whole one entire side of the booth was all Mario Kart demos. They had like six kiosks, or seven or eight kiosks, plus they had tournaments every day, which you almost won. And they, uh, yeah, Jose basically dominated Comic-Con. He didn't come in first or anything, but he dominated the like, just below first chunk. Yeah, Obis too. Like, Obis and I got first place in every single one of our matches. Except the last one where you screwed him up. Until the last one. Yeah. Well, both. Both. But mostly right. me, but yeah. Yeah, you know when you throw a green shell at him, that will come. I didn't throw a green shell. I just had the triple shell surrounding uh, me. Oh, and you I was trying loose. not to hit him, but I still ended up hitting him. Because he was right. like in my blind spot. Like, I couldn't see him. Right, gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, they're hoping to, back to what I was saying about Comic-Con, that kind of shows how much Nintendo's really banking on uh, Mario Kart. And I mean, they may be onto something in terms of like people's intent to buy the Wii U. Uh, GamesIndustry.biz actually commissioned a survey with a research firm it would have asked a hundred a thousand gamers right after E three, what system do you intend to buy? And the Wii U's intent to purchase rate went up by fifty percent. One fifth of all respondents said, Yeah, I'm gonna buy a Wii U. That matches the number of people that said, Yeah, I'm gonna buy an Xbox One. Previously Wii U was the lowest. Now it's on par it's on par with Xbox One. So if they can if Nintendo can actually get those people that say that to go buy one, that they will be on their way to having some momentum going for sure. Um, on the 3DS side, Nintendo saw some surprise success with Tomodachi Life, which they which they've admitted back in E3 that has already exceeded their expectations. And that I don't know what their expectations were, but it did manage to sell. 100, I assume they, they were really, really low. low. Yeah, it did manage to sell 175,000 copies, which is pretty good but for clearly, a game like that. But clearly, big enough that it actually warranted getting a port. Yeah, so. they're probably expecting low 100,000. They are they're approaching 200,000 in its first month, which is pretty good. It, uh, that's digital plus physical, but it was enough copies to land it in number 9 on the overall top 10, ten chart. And if you look at individual games, by SKU, it comes in at number 7, which is even higher. So, good for Tomodachi Life. The game deserves it. And plus, good for the uh, the Mi Quality campaign people, because they got a response from Nintendo that's basically, yeah, we'll worry about that. We'll do that for the sequel. And now, that's now me, they're going to Quality? You don't remember that? The whole gay... No, no, yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, the, the campaign was called Mi Quality. The oh. guy that organized it called it Mi Quality. Alright. Yeah, but, uh, so it's cool that they, they're they gonna get their wish, it looks like, because Nintendo's gonna make a sequel, probably. Um, in terms of, in terms of other games on Wii, on 3DS, 
they're not doing quite as well. Specifically, I mentioned last month when we talked when we did Jason Sailcorn that Mario Kart, or sorry, Mario Golf World Tour was kind of underperforming. I now know exactly by how much it was underperforming. Mario Golf World Tour, since it came out in May, has sold 58,000 copies. For comparison, which is you could tell is kind of a low number. For comparison, Kirby Triple Deluxe, its brethren that came out the exact, like its release date brother, came out the same day, has sold 196,000 copies. So in the time it took Mario, Kart, Mario Golf to sell 58, Kirby came almost to 200,000. So, yeah, I don't think we're seeing a new Mario Golf anytime soon. It kind of bombed. It's, but as you said last month when we talked about it, why would you need one? They have DLC. Yeah, did they already finish all the DLC? Uh, everything that's been announced so far. And I guarantee that's all they're going to release because the game kind of bombed. Hmm. But uh, in terms, yeah. I mean, it's a really good game. I doubt we'll need another one anytime soon. It's fine. Though, it's one of those games that I never feel like I never ask for another one. Yeah. Because I could literally play the old one or the prior ones like until gaming is done right but i thought i mean i don't know it's, it's funny it's though whatever. because like mario golf definitely had the bigger bigger marketing campaign i feel like i feel like kirby yeah they had tv commercials but mario golf was like everywhere well, kirby doesn't it. really need it kirby has a name mario's mario i kind of expected yeah, but, mario golf yeah, to do but better you're attaching golf at the end of it yeah that's true i mean clearly it, that made a big difference apparently so yeah I mean, how did mario party ds do i have 3DS. no idea i have no idea to be honest I don't know those numbers. Uh, I can find that out somehow. Because I'm wondering how the word party after the word Well, Mario Party Mario. obviously does fine because they release them every yeah. year. But well, that's true, and they're making a 10, so yep. clearly Mario Party 3DS did fine. Tropical Tours, whatever. Uh, Island Tour. Island Tour. Yeah, it did well enough, at least. Yeah. Uh, but although I think they don't consider the... Hand I don't think they take handheld sales into consideration when making Mario Party for consoles. They just look at so Mario the, Party 9. So the DS one was the one that was to be considered for the probably. DS one? Yeah, probably. Mario Party DS actually did shockingly well. It sold over a million copies. Huh. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was one of the games that got the repackaging. That game was... I think it sold over a million. That game was really cool, though. It was like a full-fledged Mario Party and... But in your DS. pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it was a board game instead of these new not... Quite not board. board game. Well, I mean, they're still board games, but they're not what people expect from Mario Party. They're not real Mario Party. They're like Mario Partying or some like weird spinoff of Mario Party. But yeah, uh, but real quick back to sales for a minute. I talked about software, but probably worth mentioning 3DS hardware. Um, it didn't do as well as last year. I'll put it that way. I mean, last year we had Animal Crossing, and there was nothing of that caliber to really propel 3DS sales this year. So as a result, hardware sales dropped by nearly a third. From 225,000 units last June to 152,000 units this June. Which, when you have as quiet of a summer for the 3DS as you do this year, is probably not good for Nintendo. Because if you look at the lineup, up until Smash and Pokemon come out, there's nothing that's like a system seller. Phoenix Wright versus Layton, yeah, that's going to do well. You know, it's kind of niche, but it's going to do well. Layton's a big franchise. Phoenix has its following for sure. Ooh. Fantasy Life, like you, Fantasy Life is going to probably be kind of niche, but could do pretty well. Like, Bravely Default sold, like, 300,000 copies. So I'm sure Fantasy Life could do something similar because it's kind of catering to a similar audience. But neither of those are really going to move 3DSs in large quantities, like Mario Kart or in the past or Smash Bros or Pokemon will. So there's definitely a lull in 3DS sales this year. But, I mean, that's, I, to Nintendo's credit, though, since the system launched way back in March 2011, they have sold 12.5 million 3DSs here in the U.S. alone. For comparison, the Vita has sold 1.9 million since it came out. Yes, worse than the Wii U. So, no. so on that note, 3DS, you could do a little better, but compared oh, to the competition, it's doing pretty good. The Vita, well, I mean, I guess it didn't know the Vita was that low, but yeah, it's it's kind of sad. See, these numbers aren't supposed to be known for that reason. 
but yet they got leaked anyway. So that's that's a quick Jason sales corner. Let's look at June's numbers. Basically, Wii U's on the up and up. 3DS is kind of stagnant. Hopefully, Wii U continues climbing, and hopefully 3DS starts climbing again. But of course, this time next month, we will have more numbers to share. So that pretty much does it for this episode. I did promise we had a t-shirt giveaway. Let's explain how that works. So, we have one Super Smash Bros. Comic-Con exclusive shirt to give away. The only way you could obtain this at Comic-Con is by winning a Smash Bros. battle. You had to beat the computer and then beat other people. Or, or you, you could have your friend, or you could have your friend help you by sabotaging the score count for you. Which may be, or the kill count, which may be exactly how I got. Or you could just randomly get a shirt at the Captain Toad booth, which is also how I got a shirt. I don't know why they gave one to me. I just took it and ran away without saying a word. If you're going to bed, looking at my giant stack of shirts, I feel like, wow, I... You took, che- like, ten. I, 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 I cheated on, let's see, that's four people per match. That's about eight shirts, so... Yeah, do you realize all those people my boy had one day's worth of... 16, 16 people didn't get a shirt because of me. Yeah, good job. But you know who will get a shirt because of you and because of me? Because we're giving one away on the podcast? A listener. So here's how you guys can win. If you go to randomtitle.com and click on episode 76, Comic-Con Conquered, you will see that at the bottom of the post, as we always do, there's a comment section. Leave a comment and tell us which game you're most excited about that we talked about being at Comic-Con. You know, which Nintendo game coming out this fall? It does actually be one that we talked about strictly from Comic-Con. But which Nintendo game coming out this fall are you most anticipating? Is it Smash? Is it Pokemon? Is it Bayonetta, which we didn't get a chance to play, but we did play last year? Uh, you know, just let us know. And we're going to randomly pick one person to win a shirt. You have until next episode to let us know. We will announce the winner in the next episode, and then from there you'll get your shirt. It's that simple. There's no strings attached, really. So make sure, the easiest way to make sure you don't miss that episode where you get the shirt, or could win the shirt, is to follow us on Twitter at Nintendo and to subscribe to us on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. I also recommend following us on Twitter because we have a full photo gallery of all the crazy sites we saw at Comic-Con. Giant Evolve monsters from the game, you know, giant monsters, the Goliath from Evolve, uh, a giant Homer Simpson head, Nintendo's booth, uh, giant, you know, Guards of Galaxy this and that, a giant Bumblebee from Transformers. There's all sorts of stuff. Uh, Many, many, many stormtroopers in a row, like little figurines. There's tons of photos. We're going to have them all up on the site later this week. Um, so definitely stay tuned to that. Keep an eye on Twitter. We'll announce it there. And also, if you missed it, right before Comic-Con, we launched what we've been teasing for a while, the new VidBit video series. You've heard us talk about games. You just heard it for two hours straight. Now you can actually see us play games as we talk about games some more. So if you go um, to Rantown.com and look for the first VidBit from Mario Kart 8, or if you go to our YouTube channel, brand new YouTube channel, at youtube.com slash randomnintendo.com, you can see the video and check it out and basically it's you know we play we talk about games pretty early into their lives here on the show when we give impressions so vibbits gives us a chance to go back revisit them talk about them in a little more depth discuss things like fire hopping which didn't really emerge in mario kart until after we gave our impressions also bill trennan thinks fire fire hopping is of nintendo thinks fire hopping is psychological and does not actually speed you up feel free to take it up with him on twitter if you want i don't remember his handle off the top of my head right now that's that's dumb like yeah, it, well, it, it, it I'm just telling you what Bill Trennan said. I was standing next to him when he said it. He was talking to another treehouse guy, and they were saying... Like, it. it's hard to say it doesn't make you faster when there's, like, actual, like, evidence. actual evidence yep. that it does. Well, Bill Trennan believes otherwise, so well, take it up with him. Well, I'm the me- Don't shoot the messenger. No. I'm just sharing. But no, seriously, um... I should have told him. I had many opportunities. I know. Well, yeah, you ran into him in the bathroom. 
Yeah, that, that was kind of weird. Like, hi, Mr. Bill Trennan. I had to say it like that. Yeah, of course you did. Yeah. You could just be like, oh, are you Bill Trennan? You'd be like, hi, Mr. Trennan. Well, I mean, I, I, we've met I know him. Like, did, yeah, yeah. Um, a few. We've met we him. have met him before. Yeah, so. He's a really nice guy, by the way. Yeah. I, I should say. Even, even if his fire hopping views are controversial or less than accurate, he's a, he's a nice dude. They're not controversial. They're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, it's just, it's just wrong. Like, well, there you go. Yeah. But yeah, um. So yeah, check out the the point being, check out our vidbit. Keep an eye on the site for the Comic Con uh, extra with the photos. Really, Bill? You uh, <laughs> his his Twitter ha- Bill Tran's Twitter handle is at Trintran Trintan Trintran or Trintan Trintran Trintran. Look him up and yell at him. Would it be weird if I just tweeted at him? Sorry, um, for having a last like galactical is. He'll be like, "How did you hear that?" That's the thing. Because uh, just to clarify, he was watching Elvis and Jose compete in the final of the Mario Kart tournament and made that comment when he saw Elvis fire hopping. I was standing right next to him. I'd really have to lean over and be like, "You should tell him after and see what he says," but I didn't want to. Uh, so yeah, that, that's it for this episode. Um, in addition, follow us on Nintendo if you want to hear any of our individual gaming thoughts or whatnot. We're on Meverse. I'm Jason R. Jose is Wero W E I R O underscore O. That's also his Twitter handle where you can hear his gaming and other thoughts. And my Twitter handle if you want. to see what I have to say about whatever, or, or look back at both of our Comic-Con experiences. We met some cool people, some very cool people. Uh, definitely follow, like I said, he's Wero on Twitter. I'm JSR7, so check that out. And we will be back a little sooner than usual because this episode's going up late. So we will see you guys on August 10th for our next episode. We'll, of course, have all the latest news and game impressions and our winner of our shirt contest. It could be you.